Okay. I just haven't started hitting record yet. Okay. Now we're recording. We can talk about our creative addiction. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's not as bad as it once was. I promise you. Right, but uh, we've had this discussion before. Had we known it was like this, I don't think either of never us would have would have gone. Never. There, right? That's why I've never done opiates. Right. We should have realized we're smart enough people to realize that there's no free lunch. So the second we took it, and we were like, "Wow, I feel fucking amazing." We're yeah. like, "Wait a second, I should probably undo this." Every the now. piper is going to have to be paid for this yeah. one. So, I'm I'm taking a vacation in October. I'm not going anywhere or anything. Um, Those are the best. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just going to hang around. Why don't you just drive to the beach or something? I don't want to. I don't have any money. Can't just go. Don't there. you have a 401k? I uh, probably I take no some idea. out of your 401k and do something for fuck's sake. I'm sick. Everything of, I want to do is within a couple hours of here. I well, want to f- go f- play that's, disc golf. Well, that's, that's what good. I'll do. do that. Yeah, I'm not going to drive someplace. You know how many awesome places are in West Virginia? Yeah, I'm, Thomas, I'm, West Virginia, Snowshoe. All those fucking go, places are awesome. Um, um, what I, what I'll do is I'll just go play disc golf all week, whether by myself or if Adam or JMO or whoever are around and they want to go with me. They can do that. Nobody went with me last year. <laughs> I think Adam had one day. He gave me. He played with me on a Friday. Yeah. But last year, I went and played every single day um, on my vacation. Um, to, You're off tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah. yeah to too. all the places. Like, I went to um, – I spent a day in Putnam County and played four rounds of disc golf that day. I went to uh, Princeton and played a couple rounds. And I – I'd pick a day and whichever I'd say I'm going north today. So I go to Parkersburg one day and the last day me and uh, Adam played Charleston did like three courses in Charleston. Then we went and met Adam or Aaron and Elena at Fayetteville. I have a new thing where, but that, that the re- I meant to, the reason I said it mentioned my vacation is during that week, I'm going to not take any Kratom. Yeesh. I think by the third day, I need to turn that off by the third day. I should be over it. Um, or take take enough to where I don't get the shakes. Yeah, that's uh, see, I, I've got it down. My mine used to be way out of control. Yeah, I was too. I would wake up in the middle of the night with a restless leg and stuff. Yeah, because it would wear off. Right now, I don't. I don't do that anymore either. Aaron, poor Aaron. I mean, I don't know if he's still yeah. riding the fucking. Well, he's he's riding the green train. <laughs> <laughs> but people that I love and who I care about have uh, saw it before I did. And I was in denial. It turns out I was in classic denial. I'm like, it's herbal. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, and I still believe there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think there's any. But I believe that it can be enjoyed responsibly yeah. and even on occasion. But I'm past the point where, I, I mean, it's so central to my life now. I have gone to a point where I can go all day and not take it. I've gone a couple of days not taking it. But my quality of life goes down. I'm more tired. More irritable things like that. I get sleepy. I get real sleepy. My nose starts running for some reason. I don't do that. I don't have no idea why, mm-hmm. but I think that's just something that happens with opiates. Like you're, you get drippy. I don't get the flu thing anymore. Like I don't feel awful. I just feel tired. So my, I think my, that's. I good, don't get the skit crawling skin from where I haven't taken it. Yeah, that used to be a thing. Yeah, but I've gotten to where I only buy one bag every two months now instead right. of one bag every three weeks. Right. So. <laughs> Man, that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah, mine, uh, it's gone down to a certain level and I'm trying hard to break, break through that, 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 get, that get further down that basement and go, go get it further down. 
Um, but my new thing is to help with that. I'm starting to get more active. Like um, instead of just sitting around on my days off, like tomorrow, I plan. My new thing is to drive up the Golly Bridge in Drennan and then drive to Summersville and Carnifax Ferry and all that stuff. But I'm thinking about going straight instead of taking that right. And I don't even know where the hell that'll take me. Where? Uh, to Drennan? Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where it'll take you. Where? That'll run. No, no, no. Not, not, not take the right. Keep going straight? Keep going straight. Summersville. It'll just take you into Summersville? It'll take you into Summersville. Mm-hmm. That's no fun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just take you directly into Summersville. And if you stay on that road, you can keep going straight like you'll go come into Summersville and the first stop light you can take a right there no that's not the one no I'm trying to think where uh if you stay on that's route 39 right yeah find your way through uh, Golly Bridge and all that stuff through Golly Bridge up mm-hmm. up uh, through Belva mm-hmm. take a right at Belva and you go up up uh route 39 yeah Route 39 will take you all the way to Richwood, and it will take you all the way to Pocahontas County. You can go to the Glades. Should I just stay on that road? You need to find... It It veers off at Richwood, doesn't it? Somewhere. I'm sure it does. But if you have you ever seen been to the Glades? Clarenbury I have. It's awesome. Pretty dope. Yeah. Spongy. You're not supposed to walk on them. Totally <laughs> did. Suck my dick. Um there's multiple other places there, like just the fucking forest. Marlinton is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous um, little fucking mountain town. Why don't I go to Mingo County? Go see fucking the battleground. I don't I don't go south, really. I don't blame you. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much as south in West Virginia as I want to be. There's a level of poverty there that you don't want to see. Well, I mean, and I mean, you'll see that sorry, on 39. I mean, I, I, well, yeah, sure. I mean, we'll see it everywhere, but... Um, one of the reasons I don't want to take that road anymore is there's a when in Lockwood, mm-hmm. which by the way I think is mis is misspelled. I think that a that a Scott that a Scots Irish person found that place and it was meant to be spelled L O C H probably W O O D, and um, or maybe not because there wasn't a lake around around there at that time. Nope, there was a whole town there that they flooded. Sure, but there might have been well, there had to be a small body of water there i would think i don't know but anyway i think lockwood was well the morrises are from there i think it just kept flooding there and they were like you know let's just keep it that way right lockwood (laughs) no but i'm saying that lockwood is is only you know 10 minutes or or so from from battle run so um i drive up through there and there's a house that my aunt boots and uncle clyde built in the 80s and i have pictures of it and my dad Mm -hmm. we are still Mad as fuck at him because he's the last surviving relative and could have taken it. And it is a fucking palace. It is worth at at, at the right fucking uh, real estate is going in West Virginia now, especially around places like Somerville, around the lake for fuck's sake, where we now have a national park 20 minutes from there. It's on the it's on 39. Yes. It's about 20 minutes from the lake. Yeah. 15. It's going to be. This would be eventually a million dollar home. Eventually, probably. I mean, right now it's easily a hundred thousand dollars. Easily, we're not really mad at him. I mean, he had reasons for what he did. You know, so did, um, did they sell it off or let it go? On the they they or? let it go. Well, no. I mean, they let it go to. They sold it to somebody outside the family, and they should have just kept it. Kept it in the family. <laughs> All the fucking people huh. with that one. Um, I'll show. There's pictures of it here. 
Guarantee I recognize it if it's sitting right off the 39. You have to kind of go down the road there. All right. That's not the place. That's up there near Kessler's Cross Lanes, which, by the way, is fucking too. gorgeous. Here's the road that leads out to it. Mm-hmm. There's the house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I recognize that house. We spent so many Christmases at that house. It was a fucking, it was something out of Norman Rockwell, because it snows up there. That's a, that's in the snow belt. So it snows up there, fucking warm, inviting house, family packed everywhere. Um, there it is, just another shot over there from the side. Yeah, that's my leg press. Um, um, it, we, I love that house, and we all love that house. And um, it's just, it's so disappointing to, to go by it and know, hey, that's not our home anymore. Yeah, some yeah. other schmuck lives there. Yeah, and we could have kept it. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's, I'm glad somebody is enjoying it and, and has a good life in it because, you know, they have side by side sitting out there. They they look like an active. Somebody's having fun. Exactly. They look like active people. And that stretch of road, again, I've got this hashtag and I've been using it Banes of Beauty. Hashtag Banes that of Beauty. That was the name of uh, one of the episodes. It was. Last episode. And, uh, and that got me going with something. And I've been posting these things Hashtag Banes of Beauty. And we are other people do look at this place and we are the bane of beauty we are shaped by it it is it is boring now it's not boring now but it was we didn't realize what we had you know what i mean like as kids growing up like this place there's no this is nowhere and there's nothing here good sooner within the next few years we're going to be begging for places that are nowhere Mm-hmm. Because Carnifax Ferry, I was talking to this guy from Florida. He was sitting out there. It was an interesting conversation. Nice older gentleman. He had come up from Florida, had got an Airbnb in West Virginia, and he was talking about. He's like, "This is how it starts." He's like, "It starts in one place, and that's Fayetteville, and now it is going to go in concentric rings outward." He and, probably knows. Yeah, it's he said in that's what happened in Florida. So now we are facing that. It'll take. We'll be long dead by the time it gets really bad. I think. But or maybe not. I mean, we're still fairly young. So, um, you know, when we're old, West Virginia will have changed dramatically. Um, I believe some of the towns will come back to life. Um, there will be good things and bad. But one of the bad things will is traffic will get bad. All those things are going to happen. It's already happening. Well, have you ever seen so many have, cars sit at Canal Falls now? Constantly, we have the world's greatest interstate system coming through the state. Do we? We have a pretty good one, honestly. Yeah, we do. It's nineteen's a really good fucking road. There's ways to get everywhere except for fucking Glenville and Spencer. There's no good ways to get to either of those. Well, places. there's no good ways. There's no reason to go to those places. Well, Actually, Spencer had the only McDonald's that still sold pizzas up until like two years ago. Hmm. You know. Well, some place in Ohio still has a racks. Really? Fuck racks. Arby's did it better. Yeah, right. That's what Arby's is still racks around. had superior milkshakes. Sure. Never had one. Oh, I had them all the time. They were tremendous. There was a racks in Kanawha City. There's lots of stuff in Kanawha City that's no longer there. Oh, fuck yeah. Kanawha City's fucking dead. There's about to be a La Carreta that's no longer there. You're closing up. Yeah, it was, a, it was in a terrible spot. It's up there near the strip mall? It's on the other side of the r- road of the strip mall, right Right by the Lowe's. Oh, that's dumb. That place it's is terrible. And they, and they had a Japanese place there that went under. And yeah, and like the parking lot is only like 
like if you're backing out, it's next to a car wash for yeah, fuck's sake. You're backing out of a parking space there. You're dangerously close to hitting the next row of cars behind you. Right. There's not not really enough room between the things. Right. It was just a, like a terrible terrible plan. They're building. Speaking of that, they're building something in Fayetteville Walmart parking lot now. Have you seen that? What it's, is that? I wonder what, what that is. I don't know. Hopefully probably another fast food restaurant. Probably another fast food restaurant yeah. or a Target. No, know. it's not like enough square footage for a Target. And Target and Walmart will not will not coincide. So. Yeah, they you don't see Target and Walmart in the same plaza. Target. Yeah. They uh yeah, usually people build uh, their other shit around Targets and Walmarts. Mm-hmm. I think it would probably be, it would either be a restaurant or it might be like a cell phone place. That's what I think it's going to be is a cell phone place. We need more of those. All the fucking cell phone places we can get. How long before like cell phones are just like, they almost just give you one. They are. They, they kind of do, they do that yeah. now. I mean, I, they're, I, I kinda, they're just, considered, they just give this to me. The they're considered essential. You, you need yeah. it for jobs and stuff like that. So, you know, but that's one of the Republicans big fucking your free cell phones. You know, they fucking bitch and piss and moan about shit. So, well, I've not heard that, but I'm sure that they are because they, oh, they do. Everybody bitches about everything. Sure. Um, I'm not just attacking Democrats suck too. Eventually, Hopefully it all goes away because the only thing it does is sort of numbs and drags you down, and you know what I mean. Like it's it's ever I present. Good, I get good information from it, but I also waste. I used to. I don't anymore. Waste entire days on Reddit threads. Sure, mm-hmm. but one thing I've noticed too is even on my little trips out where I'm actually getting out of the house and stuff. I'm looking at it through the lens of a cell phone as opposed to looking at it just through the extension of your arm. Exactly. Yeah, it's very handy because, like this morning, me and JMO went and played a new disc golf course up in Fayetteville that we hadn't been to before. I went to it one time, but I wasn't sure how to get there. So the son bitches takes me right to the goddamn parking lot. Mm. It tells me how to get there. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But I do believe, and I don't know if I came up with this or I read it or something. I do believe that there is a, a, a thing that if you don't have your cell phone around to verify and take pictures of it, it didn't happen. It didn't. Ex- it doesn't exist. And that's a dangerous way of looking at things because that makes reality like you've been to a concert lately. I have not, but oh, I'm going to dropkick on in October. Um, you'll notice. People are just holding their phones. People are holding their. They're not. They're watching their phones. They're not watching the. Well, they want. They want to. They want to get the best shot to make everyone envy them. Look where I am. Nobody watches cell phone footage of anything. I promise you. But people do. No, but people do take it. I'm not saying no. People do take it. Right. But nobody watches. No, 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 no. Because nobody cares. It's terrible. Exactly. It's narcissism. It's useless narcissism. Nobody watches cell phone footage of any event that you've ever been to. We don't care about, oh, you were at the Taylor Swift concert. That's neat. I bet there's a professional shot video of it. But I don't need to watch your... It's like we went to the zoo, me and family. And we took the baby, and we had a great time and all those things. And I almost purposely did not pull my cell phone out because I don't want that to be what, what, are you gonna do? what take, I went for. Take another picture of a monkey? 
There's pictures of monkeys all over. Right. But it, I, I wanted to experience in that moment. There's almost this thing. Here's another good, great thing about Kratom, too. One of the good parts about coming down off of it. Your emotions start to reassert themselves, mm-hmm. and they're very powerful. So everything is like feels profound. I've talked about it before. It's almost even thing, old thoughts. It's called aggressive nostalgia is what I've called, mm-hmm. called it. And I don't know if you felt that. I felt it the other night. I watched, <laughs> I watched Apt Pupil, which is a middling... 1998. It, wasn't, it was not. It's middling. a fine. It's movie. a good movie. It's a good it's movie. A, it's a Brian Singer, but it's a movie that we didn't think anything of at the time. We were just like, "This is cool movie." It's got. Uh, well, we were spoiled with good movies. Yes. So, and every shot was a work of art in this movie. The story was, was complex, and yeah. but but it, it's just a middle of the road twenty million dollar mm-hmm. budget movie from 1997, probably from a uh, it's a, from a Stephen King short story. Yes, mm-hmm. and. If they made that movie today, they first of all they'd have to almost change it completely, but it would look like shit because they would cut every corner, they would do this, they, it would it wouldn't look good. But this movie, the script was good, the dialogue was good, the, the, every like I said, every shot looked like painstaking work was made to recreate it to make it look like it was 1984 because that's when it was set. Mm-hmm. And even though like some of the hairstyles were off, you could you could only do so much back then to make right. people look like they were from the 80s. They didn't have the Stranger Things people to do it. Um, you know shit. Um, it looked <coughs> better than the things we have now. Well, you know it what? It's insane. You know what I call that? The, 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 the phenomenon we're seeing now, it's the Cineplex equation. Movies used to be the silver screen where you went and you could have you you came through these or these red carpets that were shag and deep and they were fucking beautiful. People used to wear suits. Brass, brass is everywhere. It's big. Not, not I'm not talking about Trump dumb fuck brass. I'm talking about actual elegance. The kids were dressed to the nines, fucking taking your ticket and all that stuff. And then it has steadily slid because that's not affordable because it costs so much money to put that on. So then that becomes let's dumb it down to where now we're just collecting the money for people going to see a movie and not having to lay out for what we're doing. That's not I'm saying in that metaphor you now have what movies have become themselves. They are not let's not shell out and create something great and beautiful and take the risk that it might not work. Let's create bullshit that is still going to cost a lot of money but it's going to look like shit but we can recoup because people are going to be forced to watch it. That's what we fucking have. I want them to bring back the middle, um, the middle budget comedies and the middle budget dramas and uh, like fucking uh, the thrillers that you don't need two hundred and fifty million dollars to make. That's inevitable to happen. See what we're going through too is and and one thing that we as a generation are going through is the fact that we think this is unprecedented. It isn't. There was a time. Of blockbusters. Okay. Yeah, the mid-80s. Yeah. Well, no, no, the cycle of things. Okay, there was a time of blockbuster. I'm talking about in the 60s. Okay. The 60s included things like, you know, these big biblical fucking Cecil oh, yeah, yeah, Mill yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. huge movies. Matt, Cleopatra, the most expensive fucking movie ever made. Spartacus. Uh, you know, yes, Spartacus was actually- I love you, Spartacus. <laughs> I'm Spartacus. It's me. I am Spartacus. <laughs> I am from ancient Rome. Can you believe it? Look at me. <laughs> Our Tony Curtis prices are terrible. <laughs> I am Spartacus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's from ancient Rome. Yeah, I know. Look at me. Hey. He was a tally. <laughs> um, but uh, then, like, those things weren't profitable anymore because 
people gotten choked with them. They spent almost four million dollars to make those movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, but I mean that's a lot of money back then. I know. So in adjusted dollars, that's still a lot of money. We're still spending more, but it's still a lot of money. So what happened was people got sick of them. So then you went through a cycle where these movies had become in the seventies and even you into got the your Scorsese era. You've got your gritty. You've got uh, the French Connection. You got stuff like that. Yes, things that are like uh, anti hard bitten anti heroes and stuff like that. But then you had. Also, it reflects the time of the things that we're in because the reason things were getting made back then is because people had cynicism about the government. They didn't trust a lot of stuff. And people had lost a lot of that American. And what happens? What is the. Can you name me the fucking movie that really broke that's back forever? Jaws. No, that was the precursor. Okay, uh, Star Wars, I'm sure. Absolutely. Star Wars is the movie that broke that forever. They said, this is what movies are going to be for a long time, and that's what happened. Now we've reached another cycle where movies again went down through a slide because Star Wars you know, had worn out its welcome. We had to, you know, science fiction and all that stuff. Then all of a sudden... Marvel just comes on, to, yeah, yeah, comes on to the kind of screen and makes ten years of tremendous movies. It's a great. I don't care what anybody says. It is a a, a really tentpole time of movies. They were great movies, man, with great moments. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Endgame and, and Infinity War. Bill Maher and all the, and people like that can go fuck themselves. Those are good fucking movies. And they've and they're going to stand the test of time, and it's going to be a thing. But now we're in this era where they're now, now they're pushing things that you know. Well, now they've they've hijacked they, entertainment to try to spread. They want to make the same amount of money that they made with the End Games and the Avengers, and but not to spend stuff, as much money, but not and spend as much money, but not make them as good because it costs more money to make them good. Right. You have to have actual people that are good at writing, right? And sets. That's the problem. Well, it's not set. the actors. I mean, the act, um, some of the actors suck yeah. shit. Yeah, but I mean, well, I mean, it's like the shows now. The shows are like the like we discussed the She Hulk thing, an absolute un, unadulterated piece of trash because they got you know a, a panel of women who had never read a fucking comic book, and then they're going to try to inject all their shit into that movie. They, they wrote a show to own the fucking geeks. To be like, these, yeah, to people to take their thing from you and say, "Fuck you, we're we're destroying this, this is ours now." And and na 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 na, and it doesn't work. work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't work because they're not going to because the people that spent money on on your shit for ten years, you're pissing them off, and they're going to stop spending money. Well, on that's it. what's happening. The last two years, three years of Marvel movies have lost money. I don't care if it says they made a billion dollars. They need to make one. Well, see, that's what they're doing. They need to make 1.5 for it to be profitable. Right. And and that's what they're doing. DC has already seen that. See, what happened is somebody in DC saw what was happening and they got James Gunn to be like, we need to write this ship and we see a fucking wave coming where there's going to be actual good comic book movies that are going to be well-written, well-made, and all those things, and they're going to be art. They're doing, I hate to say it and be this guy. No, I don't, because I do it all the time. They're you, do- I want to something I want to say about you. You love being that guy. I do. I, I don't know I, what I to, love. <laughs> I don't know what guy particularly <laughs> we're talking I'm that about. Guy. <laughs> but you love being that guy. The thing that nobody wants to hear. You love being the guy that, that says it. And before you say it, you always say, "I don't want to be that guy." But you love being that guy. No, the, that guy I like being. <laughs> That's your title. That guy I like yep. being. Um, that guy I like being is saying, um, "I told you so." When it comes to. Uh, what DC should have done from the beginning. Well, they yeah. should have gone for more existential good movies as opposed to popcorn, which is what I think they Marvel could, was doing. They could make a very good, 
um, Superman movie it's gonna for be less than $100 million. It's going to be great. You know what I mean? Yeah. Rachel Brosnahan, Lois Lane. Fuck yes. Yeah, she's tremendous. Mrs. But Basil. You know what I mean? They could. Yes. They don't have to spend $500 million to make these movies. No, they you don't, don't need that much CGI to make a good Superman I movie. Mean, he doesn't have to fight the aliens. He can start off with like some dude that sucks. Like, like. Well, Lex that's Luther. what you. Do. Well, no, that's what you do. You build. You like I said before. You have a villain that's not Zod. Should have been one of the last villains. He should have been the last guy. Mm-hmm. Third movie, maybe not not the last, but close to it. Like the third movie, Brainiac should have been maybe the ultimate. I think that's who they're doing. Aren't um, they? It's possible. I think you should have started with. Because Superman's powers need to grow over time, especially when you're starting him young. He's how his powers work is he's sucking all that solar radiation, so he's going to start out and he's going to be like super powerful and all that stuff, but he's not going to be Superman that's going to be at the end of Kingdom. Doesn't Come. have control over everything. Well, it's going to be that he's just not that powerful. By the end of Kingdom Come, even Kryptonite doesn't work on him on him mm. anymore. He is, for all intents and purposes, invincible. So, have you heard about the Flash? I've heard they've done some things that I don't know that I like in this movie. I've heard conflicting reports. I've heard I've people heard say they awesome. love it, and, and then I've I heard, heard people it's... say it's terrible. I know I'm that a f- f- one thing I know that they did. I'm not sure I like. And I don't know if I want to tell you. Go ahead. I don't care. Christopher Reeve is in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Briefly, but they brought back Christopher Reeve somehow. I don't know if I like that. No, it's just a passing shot. He talks to. Flash, hmm. what I think I like. like it. I might, I might, and also Nicholas they had Supergirl Superman too from the eighties. Yeah, I know Helen Slater. Yeah, they, yeah. they had Supergirl from the eighties. I don't know that how shot. Look, I, I've I saw like bootleg, like bootleg. Should we cop. go see this movie in the theater? We we should tomorrow. Let's go tomorrow. I'm recording music tomorrow. All day. Yeah, well, I'll be there from one till eight or nine. Yeah, we're finishing a single. Let's go Wednesday. Wednesday I work. We can go Wednesday evening. I'll do it if you want to do it. Sure. Or we can wait three weeks until it's on video. Well, we can just go watch it down at River Run. Yeah, because it, it will be on HBO Max. Well, John Wick, we need to. I mean, I, th- I think we might want to consider watching John Wick tonight. If you want to, I will I do mean, it. I will rent it. Okay. And we'll, it's set up down there. I set up the fucking um, the uh, sound system and everything. It'll fucking blow you out of the room. So that's what we'll do. We'll get a little za. Okay. Fucking go down there and watch John Wick. Sounds I'm like in. A, sounds like a better to do. Yeah, awesome. Um, I've watched the um, first three John Wicks a couple weeks ago. And you, you know what? I watched them on. This is how good they are. I watched them on like Tubi or Freebie or something. Oh, yeah. So they just threw ads in there. And you in the care. middle of it, and I'm like, you know what? This movie's so good. Don't care. Right. But all three of them, so good. The first one is the best one. Yeah. The motivation. The second is one is really good, though. It is really good. Third one, still great. I loved it. But a little bit absurd. I loved it. Hitting the horse and kicking people. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it drag I'm going to be honest though, if I'm it, if does, I, it does it drags at the end a little bit. Yeah. Um the guy that directs those movies was on Rogan. And I love he's doing Highlander. Oh fuck yeah. He's, but he's doing I, I'm with a critical drinker. We don't need a remake for Highlander. Uh, that's yeah, a that's good fine. fucking movie. That's fine, yeah. but like he's doing it. So okay, let's see how I'll watch it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Christopher Lambert is a Scotsman. And then for some reason, the actual Scotsman as a Spaniard with a Scottish accent. Don't get it. But I still liked it. Um, they're doing. Um, God damn it. What was I going to say? Shit a dick. It just came out. of. It, it was in there. And now it's gone. It doesn't matter. 
Um, but he talked about he, this is what it was. He talked about Halle Berry got a hold of him because she wanted to be in a John Wick movie, mm-hmm. and then um, her character has those dogs. Yeah, and they gave her those dogs and they became her dogs for like three months before they shot. So they would listen to everything she said. Shit. Yeah. They're King Corsi. And she also learned how to fight. She learned, (laughs) she learned how to shoot guns. She's great. You know, she's in Deadpool. Oh, really? Yeah. The new one. You know, who's going to be in Deadpool? Fucking everybody. Yeah. I hope it's not a big bukkake of member berries and it will be, but it'll be in, in a good way. You can do that in a proper way. You really can. Like no, it's like within the flash. Clooney's Batman. Yeah, the worst is. one at the end. The worst one. Um, but you I, know who said I no? think that's fucking awesome. That is awesome. But you know the who who said no to that scene? Christian Bale said no to it. That would have been so awesome, though. That's who I thought it was going to be. Yeah, because I heard that there was a big scene at the end. That would have been worth going to see it, just to see Christian Bale Batman get out of that fucking car. But. I'm. I still think I'm gonna like it. People shit be, on it, say it's hot garbage. I'm like, yeah, it's hot garbage. I knew it was gonna be. They hot talk garbage. about how the CGI's bad, but like, then the director's like, well, he's running ten thousand miles an hour. Things and the bad CGI that you guys are seeing is through his eyes. Things are gonna look a little bit fucked up. Yeah, and I, and I heard that explanation like, too. That's a good explanation. That's, that's not a bad explanation. for shitty CGI. Sure, good on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to see too, and I still can't, and you still can't rent it for a decent amount of money. Is the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah, it uh, apparently. See, that's where movies are going now too. People are getting pissed. It's it's not the righties that are trying to tank movies now; it's the lefties because mm-hmm. that didn't cater enough apparently or something. So, um, she because he had to save Peach. Yeah, something like that. Who cares? That's the game. He's always he's that's always been the thing. Exactly. This bitch keeps getting her, herself in fucking trouble. And Mario, well, not just her. A, an unqualified man has to go save her. He's a plumber, for God's sake. I can't believe that Kathleen Kennedy is still being given the reins to go forth with new Star Wars properties. She has utterly destroyed Star Wars. And apparently, you might have heard different things, has utterly destroyed Indiana Jones. I don't I don't think I'm going to agree. I sent you what I think I'm, was going to happen with that. People want it to fail. They really want it to fail. I think James Mangold has probably put together a good movie that is going to be one of those that, you know, the Blade Runner was a flop, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those movies that people, years later, people are like, that's a good movie. You know, what were we actually thinking? You know, I've heard they people- say that there are so many good parts to it that it really is a, is a, um, that probably the thing with Phoebe Waller Bridge was a little bit irritating at times, but overall that Indiana Jones got to be Indiana Jones. And I think that, you know, I believe in James Mangold, man. He's every movie he's ever seen that I, that he, that I've seen of his, that he's made has been a good movie. So, but do they let him make the thing he wants to make? That's, there's too many, I understand too many cooks in the kitchen and half of them don't know how to cook. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I think, don't know. I think that he's hard headed enough. I think he's hard headed enough that, you know, he's the one. Him and Hugh Jackman are the ones who got Logan made. Right? Yeah. They all they took pay cuts. They were willing to do all those things to make sure they got that movie made because they believed in the project. I believe in somebody with that much artistic integrity. So that's. I hope so. Yeah. I hope it's awesome. I've never been a big Indiana Jones guy, so I'm a giant Indiana Jones guy. But I think that's going to tell. You know, I was watching whenever. All this, like Indiana Jones was huge and Star Wars and stuff. I was watching the Karate Kid and, and wrestling. 
I don't know why. I don't understand why why the Karate Kid and Indiana Jones no idea. can't coincide. I just never got into them. Mm. I, I mean, I saw them, and I think I enjoyed them when I was a kid. But for some reason, I was just like, I'd rather watch Ric Flair scream at me on Saturdays at six oh five on TV. Well, I mean, that's still good, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's better for me. Right. Plus, plus, it was always there. It's every Saturday at six oh five. Right. And then they would have another show on Saturday mornings. I don't know. Um, things were harder to watch back then too. Well, they were, but that that's again we've talked about you know the pros and cons of things. That's a good thing. In a Do lot we of need ways. to bring get rid of on demand stuff and bring back DVD rentals and where you have to walk through and pick your thing? <sighs> that's not going to happen. I know, but like, would it, things be better? Probably. I think it was better. Yeah. There's that fucking anticipation now. I hope I pick something good. I, no, I, I hope they're going to have it. You know what I mean? You know, and then Blockbuster kind of killed that by having an entire wall of the yeah. thing. Yeah. You know, I, we, well, you'd have to go to Butler Video, Butler. and you, you'd have to call Gary. You call Gary at noon. I can't get there till five, Gary. Can you hold on to the to blow for me? Would he do that? Yeah. Yeah. He, for me? Yeah. <laughs> you were somebody. Yeah. I wasn't just some schmuck off the street. <laughs> <laughs> and we'd go rent and him and my dad would sit and talk about sports for two hours while I, while I was just like, okay, let's, let's get going. I got this copy of tech mobile that I've rented now for the seventh time that I'd like to go home and play. I'm going to use Bo Jackson and make it completely unfair. Yep. Yeah. And if you use the giants with uh, Lawrence Taylor coming off, you the couldn't side, block him unblockable block kicks with it. Oh, nice. Absolutely unblockable. Yeah. The best. I couldn't, I hated the kid that did that. Who always yeah, picked those teams? And <laughs> you're full of shit. No, you aren't really. Oh, yeah, I really to win. Yeah, uh, if I didn't, my brother did. So there's nothing I could do. Well, yeah, were you also the kid? You know that there's a uh, a glitch double dribble where if you hit this one shot, you can keep hitting it. The corner. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. People would do that. Double too. dribble. God, what a shitty game. It was awful. It was two on two, wasn't it? Three on three. Three on three. Oh, terrible. Pretty sure. Um, but how good games got by like the like basketball and football games and stuff that got by like the mid nineties was insane. Uh, I always liked the college football game. It's coming back, um, NCAA. Yeah, my favorite thing to do was take some nowhere nothing team and build them into a national powerhouse. Yeah. You some know. Prairie you View A and M. Well, mine. <laughs> uh, my, my favorite one that I did uh, was uh, UTEP. Oh, the, the Hard UTEP. Rockers. The old UTEP two-step. They were fucking... They had a couple of running backs. That were, man, you got them motherfuckers. They were damn near on block. I mean, un, unstoppable. They were fast. They didn't have a lot of power. You know, it was hard. They were easy to take down. But if you get them in the open field, they were... Yeah, that's why you run sweeps. West Virginia on one of those games was fucking unstoppable. Oh, in the 06, maybe 07 game when they had Slayton. Yes. Everybody. They were fucking unstoppable. It was, unbelievable. Un, it was unfair to play with them. Unbelievable how fun <laughs> it was to play. I got West Virginia. No, fuck you, man. You can't play with West Virginia. They were the best game on the team on the game. Yes. Like, like because you had the, the four-headed monster with Slayton. Uh, Pat White. Pat White. And... Uh, Darius Renaud. Darius Renaud, motherfucking uh, Owen Schmidt. All these motherfuckers. Like, you do that triple option and just hand it off to Owen Schmidt one good time. He God goes damn. for 60. And then you fake that triple option. Everybody dives on it. And then you do the option around. You can keep it or pitch it. Come on. You know, I would... There are... I was thinking about writing a book or something or, or, or just a uh, short screenplay about... Um, or, or it would be an extended story about... 
in the in the near future where we would have time travel. But it would it be seems to be coming. It's not going to happen. It's we did. There's too many. There's too many things that we can't do it. Um, I think you, no one will survive in the crash. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's possible, but uh, like they'll have to send like a rock through. You know what I mean? They could send. I would like to see if they could send a a, a recordable device into the past and see what they could do with it. But you somebody know, have to go with it. To no, operate. they wouldn't. A drone. Just leave it running mm. and and send it through and see what happens. That's a possibility. And then keep Kennedy from getting killed and see what happens. And then uh, you see things no, changing around you, and all of a sudden we're all covered in. No, Nazi no, no I don't. I don't, th- I don't think it happens that way. I think it becomes another timeline. Yeah, that's um, what they said in the Loki. Well, they said it in a bunch of them, bunch of things, because um, that's the easy way to get out. But anyway, I think that uh, one of the if there were a few times that I could go back and and do it do a time travel tourism, that would be the name of the. Of the, I would uh, a Philip K. Dick style story, time travel tourism, where we would have a kid online being like, "Where are you going?" It's like, "Hey, I'm going to the '80s. My parents told me it was great, and you know all this stuff, and you know all these great things we love are from there." And uh, it would not be, I don't think, anything. I think we earth- talked about this. We had a video game idea. We did '80s kid. Mm-hmm. That was a good fucking idea. It's a pretty good idea. But I'm talking about a story a where back. a kid goes back in time with his parents, and his parents are going to see the '80s. And it would be a a total like I, I know how it would be shot. It would be shot like an eighties movie, on like looking like film, where things where the kid would be looking around and being like, "Okay, where's the where's the cell? There are none." You know, what are you talking about? What cell phone? No, he'd be with his parents, so it's like going to a, an amusement. Park. He's like sitting there looking at his cell phone and like. Like this thing doesn't work. It would yeah, be it's, it's absolutely useless in these times. It would be for the ultra wealthy. Mm-hmm. Of course. And they're like, all right, here, we're going to take you to 1985 is where we're going. Now, here are the rules we have to do. You cannot mention these things. You can't. Because we don't know what's going to happen. It might become a different timeline. It might affect our timeline. So we need to follow these rules. Because they figured out as long as you're fairly responsible that things don't shift. Um, And one of the cool things about it was, I'm actually just writing this as I'm sitting here, is that they keep track of uh, virtually every, uh, you know, a bit of data on everything they can, and they've noticed that things slightly shift if people aren't responsible. And they're like, okay, this is recorded, and this is the timeline we were in, and this is where you went. You know, you have to be more responsible because it could be catastrophic, you know. So, um, of course, the rich don't ever have to, you know, they get to do whatever they want. So it would just be them and it would be a, a nothing but good story where this, these parents have got their kid and they're just walking them through the eighties. Like he'd be in New York city and he'd go to a mall or something. When you like need that. some conflict of some sort to make it. The conflict you know? is no, you don't need conflict. They don't want to come back. You can write something. Well, the, the kid, it could be the kid experiencing it. And at first, thinking how it's terrible, but as his character grows through it, he doesn't want to come back. Mm-hmm. And there, and he's like throwing a fit. There are some movies like that where there's not really a lot of conflict. Like, well, uh, there's, there's a movie called Mid-90s. Yes. Yeah. It's a Jonah Hill movie. I need to see that. He wrote it's very it. good. I think he might have directed it to him. I'm not sure. I heard it. But it's just like, it is kind of like a slice of life of this skateboarding kid in the mid-90s. Right. Just kind of going, like he learns how to skateboard, going through life. Mm-hmm. and Everybody wants some. Yeah, that's kind of a slice of life. Linklater had to write something with Daisy and Fuse that was a little more Hollywood friendly. So there were like somewhat villains or whatever. They had to kind of do that. 
I don't think that was his vision. I think what he wanted to write was what he makes now, where I'm going to make something that I want to make, and there aren't really any villains. They're just people, and they're going through life, and the dramas, the little dramas between people are enough that interest people because they that's make, what they go through themselves. They don't make enough of those. Like, um, Here's a good rom-com that you've, I'm sure you've seen, The Breakup. Vince Vaughn. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Jennifer Aniston. Aniston. It's a great. It's a good movie. Great movie. Probably cost $20 million to make. Start making those again. I know they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, Charlie Kelly from uh, Always Sunny had one come out last year, but it was only on demand. Right. So that's another thing, too, is that Indies are going to start making a, a massive step forward because now we've got all the technology for You people. can make a good movie with this. Exactly. That's one of the positives about these things is that it's more creativity that people get. There's this woman, apparently she's released, she's from, she says she's from Appalachia, so I hope it's West Virginia. It's a, it's a movie called King Cole getting ready to come out. It's going out, it's going to be at, at Sundance this year. Um, I am really anxious to see that. It looks tremendous. Um, King Cole Chevrolet? Isn't that is that the annoying guy? Take a ride at the right and it's right there on the left. Oh, it's a documentary. I'm sure. Slash, you know, it's got different things about it. An essay from a lost paradise weaved with surreal documentary vignettes explores how local how coal is imbued in identity. King Cole employs magical realism to discover Appalachia's purpose and reveals an ongoing struggle for power. A geological exploration of time. King Cole serves as a reminder of why change is painful. Who made this? Elaine McMillian Sheldon. Who are you, bitch? You better be from around here coming here to try to exploit us. We've had enough of this. <clears throat> Cunt. I'm sorry. I shouldn't no, I, I think that... She uh, looks like she's from West Virginia. She really she does. She's got an Appalachian look to her. She looks like she's done meth before. Mm, maybe. Um, she won Best Documentary Short for something. I want to know where she's from. I need to know what her deal is. Mm. Apparently, she's made some movies. Recovery Boys, Waking the Sleeping Giant, 11-8-16, Heroin with an E. I think I've seen that one. Timberline, Betting on Trump. She made heroin? Yeah. That heroin was like a big e. deal. Yeah, it was it won an Oscar, I think. Yeah, I think that's the one she won the Oscar for, 2017. Lincoln County Massacre, 2011. So yeah, this sounds. I think she, she's from our. She's from our. This sounds like West uh, West she's from actual West Virginia. Yeah, not fucking Wheeling or. If anything above, help me out with this. I want to say anything above Sutton. Is not West Virginia. Isn't West Virginia anything? Um, anything around Ravenswood? Not West Virginia. That's Ohio. Um, <laughs> that's tough, man. Ravenswood? Yeah. Why? Because it looks like West Virginia when you get there. Still, uh, there's still hills and mountains. Are you going to say Parkersburg in West Virginia? John Ratcliffe's going to be pissed. No, Parkersburg's West Virginia. Okay, there you go. It, it, gets, it gets thrown in there. It gets, uh, out to, Williamson is in West Virginia. I've seen some West Virginia-ass shit up there. I'll yeah. just tell you that right now. <laughs> West Virginia-ass shit. W-V-A-S. Yeah, I've seen some. Hey, look, a new thing with Joe Rogan talking with Ice Cube that I can hate on him about. Because I fucking hate that motherfucker. I listened to him the other day. He seemed like a nice guy. Nice. He just seemed okay. like he got it. Huh? Seemed like he got it. Well, maybe I'm willing to give him another chance. I just never liked him. Um, it must have been like Black Dude Week on Rogan because he had Killer Mike on too. Killer Mike, I love Killer, Killer Mike. Mike's awesome. I love him. <laughs> Killer Mike started saying some sort of vaguely uh, 
black Israelite stuff. He's like, well, I don't know, man. I just feel like maybe there was more black people around than they're giving us credit for. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he was talking about Rome and Egypt. I'm like, I don't know, man. Uh, I have no idea. And I don't think you do either, but I'm glad that you're saying stuff because I like to listen to you talk. Right. <laughs> no, but that, 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 uh, I, I, you know, Killer Mike's fine and all that stuff. I mean, not fine. I like him. I like their music. But I do, I do not like that thing where they are trying to, where the, where this, this pseudo history has now started to leak into everything. And, you know, and they're starting, and it's this thing where uh, black Israelites and stuff like that are starting to, move towards de- disenfranchising native americans ironically enough and not and calling them that they're not actually native american they're that's it's it's absolutely fucking bonkers and they believe this horse shit mm-hmm. and you know they, and they're doing it with they're trying to do it with polynesians <laughs> i got an argument with that and i got i got a guy saying i said good luck with all that <laughs> have fun because <laughs> you'll get fucked up they don't even lift weights and they can squat 700 <laughs> exactly. pounds they are units they are a race of absolute units jesus so um I mean, that was that that whole this uh, exercise kinesiologist guy, the black dude from England, was talking about. He's talking about the difference between the different ethnicities, and he says that uh, that black people, uh, Africans, both you know in America and other places, have more uh, fast twitch muscles, so they're more explosive, more athletic. But uh, Caucasian people and Asians are stronger, like, like freight trains, more torque. You know, it's like a, a low, like a low gear truck. You know what I mean? For some reason, this happened. But then he talked about Polynesians. He's like, well, now let's get into Polynesians. He said, these people are absolute units. He's like, he's like, they're faster, they're bigger, they're stronger. They can eat. They can keep eating because their bodies don't produce the chemical that makes you say you're full. All these oh, wow. things. Yeah, that's actually a thing. That's why they're all so huge. Yeah. Wow. But you know what the crazy thing is, too, though, is that Polynesians, when they started hitting rugby, their teams were, were dominating everybody. Now a lot of those teams that have Polynesians have white guys playing on them that play just as well. Oh, really? Well, it takes such a short time for people to step up their game to play. You know, once a new element is introduced, human being... Okay, for example, the Japanese were closed for so long and had no taller like white people around them. They were short. Once they were opened and they started getting white people around them, for, for no apparent reason that people cannot understand, the children just started getting t- taller. Hmm. There's no approach. It had nothing to do with like it had nothing to do with nutrition. Had nothing to do with any of that. They just started getting taller. Uh, they like their cells were like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Well, it, it was like growing. more like natural, not natural selection, but something inside their bodies started turning up dials to be like, well, we need to compete with this. You know what hmm. I mean? So that started happening. That's a thing now. Japanese children are 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 all taller than their parents. That's wild. It is wild. It's crazy, man. And, and that happens with every group. Like, you know, that's why I like when you get a new group that comes and dominates something because that's not going to last. It's actually started to happen in boxing as well, that there were so many black boxers that dominated the sport. That's not really the way it is anymore. You have a lot of white boxers are stepping up and Mexicans. Mexicans, white, but good white boxers too, you know, because they, st- they started. I'd uh, say Canelo's white. I know he's Mexican, but he's ginger. He's one, and we've talked about this before. He's one of those like Irish, black Irish Mexican type dudes. Um, actually, they they talked about that, and he said that he traced it and said that he, that he is descended from those people. It's really that's a that's a really fascinating story. But uh, Caleb Plant, you know, uh, fucking Tyson Fury, you know, you got all these guys who can fight and you know are not being dominated. Caleb so. Plant, uh, I think he's doing MMA now, dude. He can fucking hit. 
You, you see him hit that one dude. I thought he killed him. You know, it's a fucking uppercut. I was like, oh shit. You know, it's nasty. Um, so, the, and I, I like that. I like when, uh, when different groups of people are able to compete at something and have, you know, have spirited. Oh, this, uh, Elaine McMillian Sheldon. She's from Abingdon, Virginia. I don't like this. <sighs> That is technically still Appalachia. Yes, but I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. I need to get something made. Yeah. We, if I could ever we get... We could make up some sort of a story about something fucked up that happened, and we could make like a documentary about it. We'd get found out. Yeah, that's what's funny. You know, what we should do is I need to, I just need to film, uh, type out, and get a registration filmed. That would be a West Virginian made good, and then we could do whatever we wanted, you know? I'm, 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 I think, think reg- would be. I think registration is good enough to be filmed. Can me and JMO score it? Absolutely. Sweet. It would have to be 80 style. Well, yeah, we're going to do Stranger Things. Right. Yeah. Well, but not heavy. Like it would be, I wouldn't want to lean too far into that. I would want it to be a, a little bit grittier. We can do that. Um, and also soundtrack. It would have to have the, the, the re- song that would end on. Not score, but like soundtrack. Well, the score. No, yeah, right. The soundtrack, the the songs that would be played in the the, the song that I would that I wanted to end on is uh, "Brilliant Disguise." Okay, because think about it. Yeah, he's been disguised his whole life as an act, as a real human being, and he's not. He's a mutant. Now, do you, fade to black. You know how expensive that's going to be. Yeah, but but it's an indie. So if, at, at first, it you know they, yeah, well, like you can uh, you can sue us, but I don't have any money for Bruce, you. Bruce uh, actually paid for the production. He was the producer of Mate One, so he might be into it. Um, but it's less expensive if you have somebody cover the song. Okay, you can cover you it. Can, you can do it. I mean, I can. You can get a license to cover songs. I w- fairly he, easily. What I would like you to do, I'd like to you. I'd like you to cover it. And I would like you to make it really slow and like maudlin. You know, fucking. You may pull out the guitar now, and <laughs> I'm joking. I mean, but I know you, you could. Song? I'm gonna, I actually want to look up how you. Play. I could even. I could know how you would. I know how you would sing it too, and it's already off in my head. It would be like real slow. Take a look at these eyes, mm-hmm. and then you could just like stretch it out and make it slow. Um, and it while that's playing, I've already shot it in my head. The camera pans in on the guy and he's driving away. Cut to black. That's the end of the fucking movie. So I love the cut to black. It's one of my favorite things. Okay, I know how to play the song now. Um, actually, I've got registration at at. Uh, at the apartment and um it's right up my alley mm-hmm. that's out of tune nah, i was just hitting the wrong chord <laughs> yeah that's an easy song take a look at these eyes um was it you? And the thing about registration would be it, it would not be that expensive to film. Why? Because my vision for it is not to have any effects shots. I don't want any effects shots. I want people to be observing what's happening and get their facial expressions. Like the thing where he's picking up the fucking crane. I would like to have like a bunch of people standing around just watching. And the kid like ducking because there's sparks and stuff that he's saving him from. And like that would be an awesome shot. Like have sparks and shit shooting out of like off camera, you know what I mean? Yeah. And shooting into frame, and then a bunch of people standing around like catwalks and stuff, and just staring like slack jawed. 
over what they're over what they're seeing. Then you cut that into him sitting in that chair, and you just zoom in on his back, and he's sitting there slump-shouldered. And then you see the boss's head right there, and then it zooms in on the boss's face. I'm actually pretty good at this. And I'm not saying that in a fucking douchebag way. I'm saying- Well, we've seen enough movies to where we- Right. I'm saying, I think cinematically, you know, and you just pan in on the boss's face, and at first he was talking like, okay, when it zooms in on- the character's back. You know this guy's talking and it's mumbled, mm-hmm. but you can't hear what he's saying and it's like his face is out of focus. Then all of a sudden it kicks into focus and it says, you know why I have to fire you. You know, that's when it gets in the conversations like you, it's like you caught a, a forklift, you know, a, a, a crane with a forklift attached to it and, th- and threw it across the room like it was a toy. It's like everyone's terrified of you. You cannot continue to work here. And then he's like, but now you don't need forklifts because I can lift everything. Think of the fuel savings. <laughs> right. I mean, you could really turn that into a comedy. Too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, any, in, in any context, I mean, that's actually a, a film school thing if you can take something and turn it into something. I mean, you really can. But I, I would, you know, a 30-minute movie about that, about a, just a regular person, I would like to see if I could get that kicked up tomorrow and be like, hey, guys, this is a fucking awesome story this guy wrote that's no big budget. It's nothing. It's just characters and these people have to deal with these abilities that make them terrifying to other people. That's what they're trying to sell with mutants. That's the whole thing with mutants. Superheroes who get their powers in other ways are something to celebrate. Mutants are something that comes from you and your kids are that, and you don't know what they're going to do. And the powers, for one thing, aren't always attractive. And some of them are extremely dangerous, and they can't control them. Like, one of the shots was uh, the guy sitting there eating breakfast with his wife, and, and the 1980s small TV sitting there, and it talks about a story of how this girl in Alabama accidentally sparked a riot at a high school football game that caused numerous deaths because she was a because her power was to control people's emotions and she lost control of it. So they started going at each other, kill each other. And it's got her like walking her off the camera. It's like, I didn't mean to do it. And she's crying, you know, and stuff like that. And then that's, he looks up and looks away and doesn't, you know, and the wife says something like, isn't that off, awfully bad for those mutants, you know, because you think it's going to go one way with her and it goes completely the other. She, they're trying to get pregnant. Um, and then it finds out at the end, you know, that she is pregnant. And he's like, well, that's what you wanted. She's like, I don't know what it's going to look like. And then after the end, there's a post credit scene where he walks into the house and she's got cancer. And she she points at him and he's over there sitting crisscross applesauce watching TV. And then the main character looks at her and goes, is he like me? It's AIDS. <laughs> oh, it's AIDS, not <laughs> yeah, cancer. Yeah. yeah, my bad. Whatever. AIDS isn't that big of a deal now, but no. this is set in the eighties, right? So never mind. No, because uh, one when th- AIDS was a big deal. Oh, absolutely. But one of the things about mutants is, is that some of them are born monstrous. Mm-hmm. Like um, he's he's got wings. He's flying around the house. <laughs> <laughs> got webbed toes. <laughs> um, no, and that's you know, you. I believe that's. The, the vein in which that filmmakers should, I believe they should strip everything down and they should ask themselves, if I don't have all this fuck ton of money, can I make, can I still good? make it good? And if I can't, then don't fucking make it. That is exactly what we do with music. Exactly. Um, you know, if you have something good, if you can play it on the acoustic guitar and be like, Hey, that was pretty fucking good. Right. And then you can add the th- stuff later. 
Like I think with my stuff that me and JMO are recording now, with when I have it, it's just, fucking good. When I just have them bare bones, yeah. like this, it stands on its own. Now we can add sparks, right? Now we can add fucking flair to it, or not. Sometimes we don't add flair. The next one we're putting out. There's flair, baby. Lots of flair. There is so much flair. There's so much flair that Jennifer Anson is going to flip somebody off. I, you know what that reference is? I kind of know. Office space. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'll show you out the uh, cover for the single. It's going to be the next single. Show By all the, means, the cover for the single, if I can find it, um, and it'll give you an idea of. Oh, I might have accidentally erased it. I hope not. That sucks. Um, it'll give you an idea of uh, what it's going to sound like. Because I made it a couple weeks ago. Please still be here. I don't want to have to make it again. This is the cover. That's the single. Cover. I love that. It's really fucking cool. Yeah. No such thing as ghosts. That's the name of the song that's coming out nice. next. It is, dude. It's there's so much flair. I, I wish I could give you a preview of it. I could. I only have an acoustic version on there. <laughs> it's outlandish, but it's. I, so what we have so far is just enough. We could have gone further, but mm-hmm. it would have taken away from everything else. I can't wait for people to hear it. Nobody's gonna listen to it, but like the ten people that are friends with me. But well, we have to get start getting past that. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. I've been past I, it I like I, I like what I write, and I think I'm gonna start doing it again just because I like doing it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this shit for my health. I just, right. I guess I am doing it for my health. But like, uh, I, it's just a goal. Like, I want to. I have all these songs. I'd like to have proper recordings of them, and I'd like to have them in different styles because I think uh, I can be pretty versatile if I need to be. And me and JMO are just doing it for no reason but to have just to have it down like, hey, I we did this. Nobody, right. nobody can take it away. Contributing uh, to the lexicon of mankind. And maybe when I'm dead, people will discover it and think it could it's be a cool. big Van Gogh. Didn't could sell, be. Didn't sell one fucking thing when he was alive. fucking thing. <laughs> and then when I'm dead, maybe people get a hold of it and, hey, this is pretty cool. And you'll fucking see my one fucking month of June at the end of a fucking movie. That would be awesome. As it plays or whatever, you know? All the fucking scraps of writing I have. You know, it would be awesome. There was actually a story about a guy. I can't remember which writer, uh, what the name of the writer is or whatever. They found a epic, an epic fantasy he had made when he was younger in a trunk. And then they were saying, this is the greatest epic fantasy he's ever been put to paper. That's pretty guy, cool. And the guy never fucking published it. And I would, I would like if somebody it? find that flash drive and somebody plug in and like, why the fuck didn't this guy publish this thing? You know, the one you're talking about, did they, did it ever get published? I don't think so. Like, I don't, I think the rights were tied up in something. My friend, Timmy told me about that years ago. I can't, I'd have to look that up to find out if it's, uh, what the particulars are. Um, well, girl with a dragon tattoo. That guy was dead. He was dead before he ever got, before that ever took off. Crazy, It is. Um, that took off. Oh Huge. shit! It was massive. They made two American movies, and there's one for every book overseas. Yeah, and those are probably better, but you know, subtitles. I think uh, what's her name, uh, Mari Rooney Mara, or someone. Yeah, Rooney Mara. She was in it. Um, oh, you got to do favorite things. See, that's I was getting ready because we got to get on the on the on the huff here because uh, John Wick is is waiting, it's calling our name. Yeah, that's right. 
favorite things. All right, we're ready to go. And cue favorite things, and we're going. You know, technically the show hasn't even started yet. I didn't play the theme song. Just be that episode. Favorite thing. Okay. Um, quite a few. Um, We've had some time to build them up. We have. <laughs> um, started reading... Uh, uh, Tad Williams, memory star on Thor again, mm-hmm. Thorn again, had forgotten what an absolutely fucking just not knock out of the fucking park. This a staggering accomplishment. Well, in the it was enough. World. It was a good enough book to inspire George R. R. Martin to create a fantasy that he's never going to finish. So I think he's going to finish it. Have a little bit more I, faith I'm in kidding, George. I'm kidding. I, I yeah, think I he's. Writing, I don't care if he finishes. I think he's writing both at one time. That would be awesome. Um, but. You would it would behoove you to read the Dragonbone Chair at least because you can. Is that a Tad Williams? It's the first one. Okay, I will, I will let you borrow it. It is slower. I will warn you, but I think you'll like it enough because it's set in a fantasy world that is really interesting, and I think that's part of the the thing with you. You like the the world it's set in. This world is is beautiful. It's tremendous. It's. You know, you've got the Hernister, who are like the Irish, and then you've got the Rimmers Garters, who are like Vikings, and you've got the Urkenlanders, which are British people. Nabonai, which is like Rome. It's it's awesome. Um, and then you, when, you, when they finally introduce the Sithi, they're the fucking coolest. They're just such an, an amazing creation. Um, the first book, I, I'd forgotten how good it is. I mean, it's got so many, like, Hero's Journey like things that I, I had read about before and I'm glad I read it again. Cause I didn't pick him out at first. And now I finally did. He actually, there's a part where the hero uh, is given is called for the, the hero quest, but he refuses it because he doesn't want to do it. But then he has to, he has to descend to hell. And then at, at, at the one part, he has to descend down into the, in the bowels of this castle. And it's like, it's dude, it, that reading that part, it's so fucking eerie. Is it's it like, in the style of like Martin? A, yeah, does it like at the top of the first the chapter does it say this is from this guy's point of view? No, okay, no, it actually has a name to each chapter, which I like. You know, they're different, but they're enough alike that people who love George R. R. Martin love Tad Williams. Tad Williams is like the offensive lineman of fantasy. Fucking George R. R. Martin is scoring all the touchdowns. Tad Williams blazed the fucking trail. He's the one who knocked down the fucking defenders. I am. I firmly believe that without Ted Williams, there is no modern fantasy. He was writing these things in the eighties, and and creating them, and they caused such a stir among fantasy people that so many people were inspired to write their own. Without Ted Williams, we don't have Song of Ice Fire. We just don't. George R. R. Martin has said that himself. So it's like the Beatles, essentially. He's but like Chuck Berry, even sure, more like Chuck Berry because he's he's known, but he's not like a super superstar. You know what I mean? You could even go back to. Like fucking Robert Johnson. Some, he's actually more somebody like that, yeah. where the people who are in the know about the thing, they're either going to do it to sniff their own farts, to be the fantasy people who sniff their own farts, or the people who have actually read it and love it and understand what it means. Like, have you gotten into Ted Williams? 
Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. That's that's those kind of people. Mm. But then when you actually try to hit them with, with parts of it, they actually can't tell you what happened. The greatest part about it is one of the, one of the coolest parts is um, that uh, there's a character named Benabic. He's a great tro- name troll. And he, he rides, uh, uh, he actually rides a huge wolf. It's like his mount. That's tremendous. The, the, the trolls are from this place called Mintahawk and they're like up in the mountains and they usually ride rams. But Benedict's line is, and he, he talks kind of like Yoda, which is awesome. It's great. It should be a ripoff, but it's really cool. He's like, uh, I'm knowing that, that lambs are not being so smart, but, but Kantaka is being very smart, you know, and that's the name of his wolf. You know what the, the unicorns in, uh, on was it Skagos? Yes. You know what they look like? They're carnivorous. They look like goats. They look like big giant mountain goats. Yeah. And that's what <clears throat> that is what um Rickon is going to ride into battle on in the next That's movie. fucking awesome. But uh, that's what that's my guess. Right. But uh you know the thing where everybody's their dire wolf's name has something to do with their stories? Mm-hmm. Like Lady is Sansa, she becomes a lady. Right. Hopefully, uh, Nymeria is she uh, becomes a warrior. She becomes like a warrior and yeah. a traveler. Grey um, Wind, he becomes he kind of he's like a you know a sound of fury mm. spoken by an idiot signifying nothing. <laughs> That's kind of what Rob was. <laughs> yes, but it was great. Right. Rob was great. Um, Rickon's is Shaggy Dog. Shaggy Dog. And the Shaggy Dog story is sort of a convoluted story that kind of ends up doing nothing. But it's still entertaining. Still entertaining. Right. So, like his story is, he's going to ride, ride into battle and just get take an arrow right through the eyeball in the first thing. That's kind of what's probably going to happen to Rick. Hunt. That would still kind of. I would like to see him. I you see know. Him you know what? I, you know what? I would write for. Rick. We haven't heard from him since the second book. You know what? I would write for Rick on if I was going to. If I wanted to write his end, him becoming like one of the Starks of old, an absolute fucking lunatic, just laying into people with a sword because he's a know, wild motherfucker, knowing he's going to die and dying, but taking out like. A huge swath of men in, in the past and making a name for himself. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. going down in the annals of Westeros, like this was Rick and Rick and the Savage and he fucking, you know, took down Great. 50 men. You know, that's what I hope happens. But uh, if the if they're, the names of their direwolves have anything to do with uh, what happens to them, a shaggy dog story is in its original sense, a shaggy dog story or a yarn is. An extremely long-winded anecdote characterized by extensive narration of typically irrelevant incidents and terminated by an anticlimax. That would suck. That would suck for Rickon. It would. So hopefully, fingers crossed, Rickon gets like this, gets a few kills before his, his he he dies atop his unicorn and then his unicorn eats him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, or he could just become a wildling and and be among the people of Chicago until the end of his life. Um, other favorite things. Tad Williams has charged me up so much that I start. Okay, here's the thing. I started reading The Blade Itself by Joe Abercrombie. There comes a point in any fantasy where it's gonna imagine you're priming a pump, right? And you're and you and you're trying to fire it up. That's what that's fucking cool look looking. Like that's actually they're, they're similar in description to this woman. Uh, this series of books by Andre Norton on, and there's Mercedes Lackey, the Elven Bane trilogy, and theirs are called One Horns. In it, you know what they actually might be. You know, you know what I? They you, could be rhinoceros. That's what I. That hey, that's what they are. They're woolly rhinoceroses. One rhinoceri. That's exactly what they are. Because uh, wait a second, mammoths, mastodons, and stuff in the See north. That? Yes, that's, that's what that's what they are. That's somebody else's take on it. That's what they are. I hope that's what they, that's that's fucking insane. Yeah. 
Woolly rhinoceros is enormous fucking savage creatures. That's exactly what they are. Um, Skago sea rod, great shaggy unicorns into war, and what everybody else imagined. What I imagined. That's great. <laughs> that person was fucking way ahead of the curve. Um, I hope that's what they look like. But I was I was reading. Uh, I picked up the blade itself by Joe Abercrombie, the first book in uh, his uh, in this series. I got to tell you, there was a point where he had me, and then he lost me. And I'm not going to finish it because. Do you not say the N word enough? <laughs> there, are, there are no black people in it. Um, no. Oh, <laughs> you have my attention. God, so ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, no, uh, he has his style of writing. It's not bad. He's a good writer, but his style of writing does not appeal to me because he's one of these guys. So far, I have gotten almost zero descriptions of any of the main characters. Mm. They're just impressions that you fill out. The, the Logan Nine Fingers is this barbarian, and he 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 reminds me nothing so much as a shaggy, beaten up, kind of old, broken down Conan barbarian. That's what he looks like to me in my head. Um, I kind of like the character. They had a cool moment where he was, you know, killing a bunch of fucking people and blew fire in some guy's face. It's really cool. But the world is also he, he you know how M- Martin and Tad Williams, once you get into him, they are able to describe a world that is so fucking detailed and so immense and so and you get such a clear vision. And they do it in different ways too. Tad Williams is more vague in his way. George R. R. Martin is more nuts and bolts, but he he does it in an awesome way. This guy doesn't do that. There are virtually no description of any rooms. There's no description. You know, I'm just like, I don't like that. I want description. I want description of You what, need the food description. I need the food descriptions. I really do. Tad Williams doesn't do that much. But what Tad Williams does is he uh, describes, uh, like, the immediate area you're in. Like, he's great at that. He's great at also describing uh, an aerial view, like a, a large swath of area. Also buildings. He's good at describing buildings. Um, but they're also in ways that appeal to what you think it should be because it is somewhat a vague description, but while, while at the, but conjuring a very definite image, like he's talking about the, the Hay Holt is the character is, is the, is the castle that everybody's in. And Simon is in, in first. And he said, it's a collection of styles from the meticulous stonework of the Nabonai. That's no real description, but you get an idea in, in your head, what that might look like. The rough hewn and timber of the, of the, uh, rimmers, rimmers garters who are like Vikings. You get an idea what that might look like. And then the whirling carvings of the Hernister, which are the Irish type people that gives you a definite image of this amalgamation, awesome amalgamation of all these styles. And then he talks about one building and then he talks about green angel towers. Like it's the lone Sithy thing left because it's a Sithy monument that mm-hmm. stands up in the middle of everything. And it's like the tallest thing in, in Austin art. So the tallest building in Austin art. So, um, George R. R. Martin. And when he describes like a building, he almost gives you the blueprints for it. He does. And that, I like the fact that he does that. I like, um, he describes everything everybody's wearing. He describes what their hair appearances. Looks like that day. I love that, but some, but you know what's crazy is I don't, I don't like that when every writer does that because some of them don't do it well. He does it so well. If I ever heard here velvet doublet again in my entire life, but I know exactly what he's talking about. <laughs> All right. I like the fact that in his book uh, nobody wears hose. Yeah, um, tunics. It's a lot of tunics. A lot of uh, doublets. Um, 
breeches, a tunic of undyed wool. Yeah. Um, breeches, which I guess is the description of fucking it grabs from the beginning. The description of uh, Waymar Royce is fucking flawless. Why do you think grabbed me so far in that so quickly in that book? That I can say this even over Tad Williams as much as I love Tad Williams. George R. R. Martin had me in the first two pages, hmm. and I have never read anything else like Should that. Should we read the first two pages for everybody? Sure, let's do that. Hold on. I can actually just pull it up on my Kindly. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? You're probably a better out loud Actually, I do think I have a a flair for it. Might not even, I think you'd be a good uh, audiobook guy. I, I, maybe. I think I lisp, I lisp a little bit, though. Elena would be good at it. <laughs> that porno thing Elena did was, <laughs> was a little too good. Um, Got me moving, huh? <laughs> that's, that would be weird to admit. Like... That would completely change a fucking relationship. Your uh, porno talking made me horny. It's like, uh, well, that friendship's over. Um, here, uh, prologue. We should start back. Garrett urged the woods begin to grow dark around them. The wildlings are dead. Do the dead frighten you, Sir Wayman Royce asked with just a hint of a smile. Garrett did not rise to the bait. He was an old man, past 50, and he had seen the lordlings come and go. That is an absolutely perfect fucking sentence. Dead is dead, he said. We have no business with the dead. Are they dead? Royce asked softly. What proof have we? Will saw them, Garrett said. If he says they are dead, that's proof enough for me. Will had known they would drag him into the quarrel sooner or later. He wished it had been later rather than sooner. My mother told me the dead men sing no songs, he put in. My wet nurse said the same thing, Will... Will, Royce replied, never believe anything you hear at a woman's tit. God, that's another great fucking line. There are things to be learned even from the dead. His voice echoed too loud in the twilight, twilight forest. We have a long ride before us, Garrett pointed out. Eight days, maybe nine, and night is falling. Sir Waymar Royce glanced at the sky with disinterest. It does that every day about this time. Are you man unmanned by the dark, Garrett? Will could see the tightness around Garrett's mouth, the barely suppressed anger in his eyes under the thick black hood of his cloak. Garrett has spent near 40 years in the Night's Watch, man and boy, and he's not accustomed to being made light of. Yet it was more than that. Under the wounded pride, Will could sense something else in the older man. You could sense, you could taste it, a nervous tension that came perilous close to fear. Where Will shared his unease. He had been four years on the wall. The first time he had been sent beyond, all the other had come rushing back, and his bowels had turned to water. He had laughed about it afterwards. He was a veter- veteran of a hundred rangings by now, in the endless dark wilderness that the Southern called the Haunted Forest had no more terrors for him. Until tonight, something was different tonight. There was an edge to this darkness that made his hackles rise. Nine days they had been riding, north and northwest and then north again, farther and farther from the wall, hard on the track of a band of wildling raiders. Each day had been worse than the day that had come before it. Today was the worst of all. A cold wind was blowing out of the north, and it made the trees rustle like living things. <laughs> Fucking amazing, isn't it? It's almost enough to make me want to quit writing, you know. All day, Will had felt as though something were watching him, something cold and implacable that loved him not. Garrett had felt it too, Will wanting nothing more to his right hellbent for the safety of the wall, but that was not a feeling to share with your commander, especially not a commander like this one. And now we get into it. Sir Waymar Royce was the youngest son of an ancient house with too many heirs. 
He was a handsome youth of 18, gray-eyed and graceful and slender as a knife. That is a fucking perfect line. Mounted on his huge, huge black death dryer, the king, ta- the knight, sorry, towered above Will and Garrett on their smaller garrons. He wore black leather boots, black woolen pants, black moleskin gloves, and a fine, supple coat of gleaming black ringmail over ma- layers of black wool and boiled leather. Sir, Sir Raymar had been a sword brother of the knight's watch for less than half a year, but no one could say that he had not prepared for his vocation, at least insofar as his wardrobe was concerned. <laughs> That's a, And he's good at humor, too. Um, here's another great part. His cloak was his crowning glory, sable, thick and black and soft as sin. But he killed himself all he did. Killed all himself he did, Gary told the barracks over wine. He switched their little heads off, our mighty warrior. They'd all shared the laugh. It's hard to take orders from a man you laughed at in your cups, Will reflect as he sat shivering atop his Garen. Garen must have felt the same. Mormont says we should track them, and we did. They're dead. They shan't trouble us no more. There's hard riding before us. I don't like this weather. If it snows, we could be a fortnight getting back, and snow's the best we can hope for. Ever seen an ice storm, my lord? The lordling seemed not to hear him. He studied the deepening twilight in that half-bored, half-distracted way he had. Will had ridden with the night long enough to understand that it was not best not to interrupt him when he looked like that. Tell me again what you saw, Will. All the details. Leave nothing out. That is two pages and two sentences. And that is better than most writers will do in a fucking lifetime. I was... I mean, I already knew I was going to like it because the show. But the show basically recreated that completely. Almost shot for shot. And... When I read it, I was like, holy fuck, he describes things way better than most people I've ever read before. Absolutely. Tad Williams, in his way, is just as good as that. Sometimes he's even better. What Tad Williams can do, his, the difference, it's almost ethereal, what Tad Williams does. It's, it's airy. It's like... Uh, you should probably uh, define ethereal. I know what it means, but maybe the people that are uh, listening. Ethereal is like means something that is like light and... Um, a thing of light and little it, it's not it's lack substance but it's like it, it's hard to explain like i know what ethereal is it's just uh you know extremely something extremely delicate and light in a way that seems too perfect for this world. exactly that's exactly uh and especially when he's describing the sithy the way that i mean their the descriptions of them are fucking amazing the way he describes cities, the way he describes uh, the stuff they're in, it's so, it's so big, but at the same time, it's small. It's it's hard to in, in almost the same way, in almost the same way Martin does, but Martin does his in a far different way. Martin's world is so fucking massive, and you know it is just reading what I just read. I don't know how he does that. I'm a firm believer that writers practice at least a little bit of telepathy. And they're, and through the structure of their words, they're able to conjure something in you and me and everyone. Because that's what I felt before I ever got into the world. I knew the world was big. I knew it was. Have no idea why. Tad Williams. When you picked that up the first time in 1996, whatever it was. Yeah. Had you heard reviews? like I had not. And you were just I like, like the cover. I, I heard this was cool, or you were just in the store, and you're like, this looks like a cool fucking cover. I remember the way the book... It's weird, eidetic memory. I, way the, I remember the way the book was sitting. It was in fucking Kanawha Mall, in the Walden Books in Kanawha Mall. Mm-hmm. Along the back wall, where they had all their fantasy stuff. I was looking for something Dragonlance or something like that. And there it was, and I was like, well, that's a really cool looking cover. There's a nice painting. I want to find the exact cover. That you it's it's uh John on a uh on a black horse 
Or it might be Waymar Royce. I can't. No, no, no. No, it's not it. No. I like that cover, though. Just type in original Game of Thrones paperback. Um, and when I flipped it over and started reading the description, I had to have that book. But for one thing, back then, that size of that book was intimidating. It was a big fucking book. But I launched right into it. And I had never been struck by another fucking fantasy so beautiful. Um, there she is. There it is. How much is that fucking worth? Right now, it's nineteen ninety nine plus twelve fifty shipping. Bullshit! Really? Mm-hmm. I need. I That's need that. eBay. Um, you can probably find it somewhere else. I eBay need that. Use most of those old ones are are gone. So, what? They're out of out of stock. I'm sure they're not printing that cover anymore. All right, here's... Well, listen to this. Game of Thrones, first edition, first printing, red, white, Jon Snow, $21.95 used. That's the exact... And where another thing that grabbed me uh, was the map mm-hmm. and the and the artwork on the on the interior and also the, the, the red lighting at the top, the, the fantasy event of the year. That tells you something right there. Right. The freaking crow being with him right there. I was so... I don't know. It was almost mystical. I mean, it's, but it's also like, uh, if you want to see another awesome cover that grabbed me immediately, I can't remember if I, I read the dragon bone chair first. I read that before game of Thrones. I know that. And that cover is a Michael Whelan cover. Would you like me to send this to you so you can perhaps buy this? Yes, please do. Cause yeah. I'm going to buy that. Um, and that will be a cherished, uh, fucking thing. Um, look up the dragon bone chair, uh, uh, cover. And it's it's a Michael Whelan painting, and I was a big Michael Whelan fan back then, even though I didn't know who he was. I just let, know I liked his work, and it grabbed me immediately for some reason. But also just the name. I love George R. R. Martin, but his titles are very utilitarian. Mm-hmm. A, the Dragon Bone Chair is one of the finest fucking titles for a fantasy book ever fucking written. Is that the one? Yes. Uh, yeah. But actually, the paper I got the paperback. Um, there, it's like instead of having that thing around it, and then the picture in the center was just the whole picture was was the whole book. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, also, maybe that one. That's it. That's it. Exactly. Nine ninety nine mass market paperback. Ain't no first edition, but it's there. I should I should go ahead and you know Amazon. But I have a copy of it. Yeah, the, you, the yeah, you sent me a, a picture of like one that looked like it was from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I have a paperback copy of uh, the uh, Stone of Farewell as well. Um, Is that like a sequel in there? Well, it's the second book. And then to Green Angel Tower. Look, if you want to see a cool fucking painting and a depiction of what the Sith look like, look that up real quick. To Green Angel Tower. The cover of the Green Angel Tower? Yes. It's two Green Angel Tower, you know, not the two. Oh. Two Green Angel Tower. Yes. It's a beautiful painting, man. I wanted to buy a print of it and put it somewhere, but, you know, I have nowhere to put it. And uh, it's a painting? Yes. Oh, I put TWO. I am retarded. But I think it had a picture of it, did it not? I'll. I cannot stand having misspelled. Yeah, is that the one? Uh, well, actually, that's only one side of it. Let me actually. I, I'll have a. 
I've got that somewhere in my stuff because I love that fucking. That's another thing. This week is art. All the fucking awesome fucking comic book um, uh, fucking artists that have t-shirts I can get. I've been I've been scouring the internet, and there's so many awesome ones. So let's see. Okay, from the looks of it, I this looks like something I would like. It looks very thronesy. Lots of white people. I'm into that. <laughs> this guy's still alive, Ted Williams. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's actually not that old. He's not that much older than than uh, us. I think he's in his early fifties, maybe. Really? And he was doing this in the eighties? Yes. God damn. His first book, he was so fucking crazy. Uh, Crazy Young is a Tail Chaser song, which is a book about cats. It's a fantasy book about cats, and it's fucking insane how good of a fucking book that is. This motherfucker. Okay, he's 66, but he looks great. Really? Yeah, he looks No great. fucking way. Yeah. I just saw an interview with him. He looks like he's in his goddamn 40s. He looks like he's in his early 50s in that one. These could be old pictures, though. I, I like his hair. Yeah, he, he shaves it he shaves it down, buddy. He's he was going bald, so he's he doesn't do things by halves. You ever uh see somebody that needs to do it and try to convince Yeah, them? me sometimes and I fucking hate it. <laughs> well you got a good head for uh the horseshoe. I don't, yeah, it's not bad. I mean but and I And you, you also look good in hats. I don't look good in hats and I, I have enough hair that grows on the top of my head to where it looks stupid if I let it grow. But there are some people and I see them like at work or wherever and they're friends of mine and I'm like, it's time. Yeah, go ahead and pull the trigger, brother. It's time. I can give you all the tips on how to shave your head. It's going to be great. Okay, that's pretty. The Sith you're on, it would be what your left, my left, and that's, that's the Simon. Tower. Yeah, they're at t- at the top of Screen Angel Tower. The reason the, the painting is so awesome. Okay, if you look, the Sithy are looking into the sunset mm. because their time on Austin Art is coming to an end. Humans are just now coming to their own, so they're looking into the rising sun. Okay. But you notice it's much darker over there, more sinister. It's light over here, but it's fading and there's fire because their buildings are burning. And if you can zoom in on the Sithy, it's actually a, a very good depiction of them. Michael Whelan is they're golden skinned, beautiful. No, uh, they're actually not, they, they're very like. They're just enough human to be attractive, but it's 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 unnerving. They vaginas, move almost like birds. Their vaginas are in their armpits. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> uh, I don't. I haven't read the books, but I know a lot about the lore. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> vagina. I've read armpits. all the lore books. <laughs> vagina armpits. Um, no, uh, there's actually a part where uh, Jeriki, who is the main Sithy guy, who's become Simon's friend, his sister Aditu, is like. Uh, kisses Simon just to see what it would be like, you know, and she's, and Simon is like, it, the Sithy would have nothing that I'm talking about. Cause they always talk about how they're small breasts and stuff like, I don't want any of that. But, um, <laughs> but they talk about how gorgeous they are, like their high cheekbones and their, their eyes are slitted like a cat's and then their teeth are sometimes sharp. Mm. Like it's, you know, and they, but they have, they and move and they move so gracefully, but sometimes they dip their heads like birds and stuff. Uh-huh. Very odd movements. You know, so this would be a hard thing to film. Well, has anybody tried yet? The, no, the cost of you know what it would be great if you could make a great 
I'm talking animated animated series that would just knock everybody's fucking socks off. Change the rules of the thing. Like animated series isn't going to work, and then you come out with that, and they're like, well, apparently it could. Um, do it almost like ink and paint. Yeah, um, like, like an old style Disney movie. You know how much that like would fucking metal. sell right now. Heavy metal. No, I'm talking about more like an old style, like Black Cauldron, something like that okay. type. You know, where they actually, you know, weren't just trying to inject social commentary and everything. They were actually writing movies. really make make like actually make it have people draw and animate. It would cost really f- bring yeah. back an art. Absolutely, it would be a. If I w- if if I had the power, that would be the movie I would do it with. If I had unlimited money, say I you know. It, it, the fuck you money conversation. That is one of the things to be like, I have all this money. You know what we're going to do? We're going to make fucking, I'm going to hire everybody who's a state of the art and still wants to bring this back. And we're going to force everybody's hand and make them watch this because it's going to be undeniable. If you have enough money, you can, you can do those type of things. Absolutely. I want to see the dragon bone chair or whatever to green angel tower, whatever it is in animated drawn and painted. I'm going to hire everybody to do it. And, and I'm going to find people retarded. Exactly. And I'm going to have, I'm going to, you know, bring people in, in it who are on fire for bringing back an almost dead art form. You know, people who might be the best at it, but because their time is gone, they're toiling away places that they don't, you know, they're not getting appreciated to walk in. And, and first, the first person to hire is the person who's going to sell the movie. You know who that is? The conceptual artist. Be like, okay, here's Michael Whelan's paintings. Here's the book. I'm going to give you six months. Read that book, and I want 500 sketches of every major character, every monument. You know, I want fucking fashion. I want all these things, and I want them on my desk, and I'm going to pay you $2 million. And at the first production meeting, you play the Dusty Roads Hard Times. You know, it actually would work, especially that the one right. line where he says 30 years at the company. And uh, at the end of the day, they give you a gold watch, slap you on the butt and tell you a computer took Just your took job. Your daddy. Um, you know, I, that would be because Simon, because the story does lend itself to Disney. Here's one thing you might not like, but I don't know if you care that much. There's not a lot of cursing. There's no sex, really. No. There's no, but, but more Martin's, you know, the violence, and all that stuff is, is a an integral part of what he writes. Yes. I love Williams it, is more old style fantasy where it's almost like there's no sex discussed. It's hinted at, um, you know, there's no, there's really no rape. There's no, you know, none of those. Well, things. I can't read a book without rape. I mean, it's gotta be rapey. No, but I, I'm saying it would lend itself greatly. You know what? You know what the vision I got when I, when I thought about this, cause I thought about this before, obviously the secret of Nim. Mm. Was one of the greatest fucking uh, animated projects of all time because it was scary. It was a it was a thing for little kids, but it was still fucking scary. Ralph Bakshi, not Ralph Bakshi, um, Don Bluth is the guy behind that. He was a frustrated animator at Disney, and they wouldn't let him doing what he's want. So he said, "Fuck you, I'm going on my own." And he made The Secret of Nim, and it was a fucking smash. And it was like because people wanted it. There are so many parts of the dragon bone chair that would be scary when Simon is underneath the hay halt and he's in the old parts of the Sithy castle and there's ghosts around him and all kinds of stuff. I'm actually giving, shouldn't be revealing some of this. That's fine. Um, I'll forget it. And you know, like, all right, there's plenty of reviews of Ted Williams on. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was and looking I've never to see if there's anybody that made like a fan made cartoon or something. Oh man. Uh, 
I would actually want to. I would. One of the things I would like to look up is uh, a Tad Williams uh, Disney style uh, drawings. If anybody's done that. Um, so anyway, that's a big thing with uh, with getting back into Tad Williams because the new book comes out in just a few months. The last book in the Austin Art series comes out um, called Navigator's Children. Um, that's great. Um, I Flight of the Navigator. Remember that movie? Oh, I do. It was a fucking. It was love. It was a good movie, man. Um, another thing I started this uh, thing that I have termed the Milo bench press workout. Milo of Croton was this uh, ancient strong man from Greece who, when a, he had a bull calf and bought it at market and he would carry it every day to market, drink the milk, and every day he would get he would go stronger to carry the bull calf. By the time he's car- by the time it's over, he's, he's carrying, carrying a full a grown bull. bull. Yeah, so. I I haven't been able to bench because my shoulder. I just haven't. So I said, well, you know what we'll do? We're going to start back at the beginning. I started with 55 pounds. I did four sets of 25, and it was easy, and I'm going to do that every fucking day. But then, as the, as and it's five pounds a week is the goal. It's 315 by this by today's date in one year. So, um, but of course, as the weight goes up, it won't be every day. It'll be... You know, for for now and even in, in, into, by the time I'd say it gets to 135, it would have to be maybe five days a week, but it could be as few as three. By the time you're in the 200s, it has to be one day a week or two at most. By the time you're in really heavy weight, it has to be one day a week. So, but that is the is the plan is to build my bench, to, to let my shoulder build back up. And, you know, the gym's been going fucking great. Like, still, uh, training boxing and stuff oh yeah absolutely um a crazy thing happened though i thought i broke my nose hmm. because uh john caught me with a good one i mean he didn't mean to but it got really sore but then this part of my face that those are interesting stories but they're not good things i got heat exhaustion at work that's fun have you ever had that probably probably like in football practice or whatever have you ever felt like you were dizzy and um you just didn't have any energy and you couldn't, and it's like things feel weird. Mm-hmm. And then when you get home, you just can't get cool. You know, it was that. And then the next day I was in bed, I couldn't get out of bed. Hmm. So, um, I could, but I just felt like garbage. Um, but then I got like a place in my face, apparently a spider or something bit me and it swelled up great big. It was a bad, a terrible couple of days. Jesus. Yeah. Um, but what else? Uh, the gym's been going great. The box has been going great. I just, man, things are, going pretty well i mean so we're getting ready to make a short film sure can i what job can i have on this film besides key grip. besides scoring key grip me and jmo will score it you want more of a minor key thing um you lydian i would have to know what i would like you would have to read it and then score it in your head that's what john williams does well what i would like to do is when it's finished watch it and then score along with it and then we we that's actually I mean? a better yeah like we can read it and have ideas mm-hmm. but like um watch it and then me and JMO set and try to work something out like orchestral this part would be more of like just an acoustic guitar picking mm-hmm. or something like that yeah the only problem filming it would be a fine i mean i i could film if you were but you're not allowed to do that the the where i work would be the ideal place to film something like that but it's just not possible so it's not like there's any shortage of, you know, derelict 
fucking steel mills and shit around. And a derelict steel mill, as long as you clear out the uh, the, the plants and stuff and grow, looks pretty much the same as a working steel mill. That's mm-hmm. just the way they look. So I know one right now that we can go to less than 20 minutes from here. Well, you should go check it out. I mean, it's Oxford Welding down in Bella. <laughs> oh, cool. We could probably get right in. Nice. Now, they might not have any machinery. Left. I'd like to talk to James Winnington because he's really good at shooting. Um, and actually, he's no, he's aware of this project and was actually very excited about it. But I have to uh, type it out, which is not going to be a big deal. It's not going to take me long at all. Um, who, who, who do you have in mind to cast? I don't know. I mean, I could actually play the main. No, I'm actually too old. He's at, He needs to be in his late 20s, early 30s. Like a young guy starting a young family. He would have to be stocky and strong looking, but not like a mountain or and not. Like a bodybuilder, so like, like a like a five, like, like me. He yeah. looked built like me. Like you look, he looked like a strong guy. Five eight to six one, right? Two twenty five to two seventy. Yeah, a guy just looks like he's a strong fucking man. Yeah, you know? a hoss. Yeah, and uh, because that's the way he's described in it. That he's, you know, one of my favorite things is that you know people talk about him behind his back about talking. I kind of know the exact guy. Who is it? Guy I work with. It'd be, you know, just an absolute idiot. He would, he would, <laughs> he loved to do it. I have no idea, but like he is a, he's probably 270 and he's, he's not jacked, mm-hmm. but he's jacked. You know what I mean? Right, right. He's a big giant guy all over. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a six pack. Also, I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a little bit of a belly. Right. But he's like just an absolute, he is a unit. He mm-hmm. looks like a, a ginger Samoan. Yeah. He would be perfect for this. Sure. Um, Although I don't, the know girl cast would be a very, you know, typical girl next door Appalachian looking girl. You know, um, probably has adult braces. No, definitely not. She would be no. um, a girl that would look comfortable wearing a sundress. Um, mm, God damn. Um, and then you know the boss would be a typical boss guy. You know, he'd be he'd be overweight, um, clean shaven. I would think at most a mustache, um, maybe a Hitler mustache. No, really drive a point home. <laughs> Actually, he's not a villain in it. Hitler's not a villain in it. <laughs> in this world, the Hitler boss. <laughs> in this world, Hitler was good. <laughs> um, the boss uh, in the story is not a bad guy. His hands are tied. Like that. That's the thing. It's all more ambiguity. You could play the boss. Actually, could. I really could. Yeah. Because that that would call for, I don't. I think I'd be a decent actor. You could be um, empathetic while also laying down like, listen, sorry, yeah, but you're a freak and we hate you and you have to go. No, it's not. No, the lines go. I actually, I'll, I'll get. I'm. I've got the copy. I know exactly where it is. I'll get it and we can read through it and all that stuff. The lines are more like, um, I know. I've known you all my life. I know your father's like. Why didn't you come to me? We could have. I could have done something. We could have hidden this. You know. We could have. Give you an office job or something. Yeah, or, or make sure you weren't put in a position where you would had to reveal what you can do. Now my hands are tied and you got to go or else we're going to lose the whole workforce. Uh, one of the best things I like Nobody about- even considers. What's crazy about it is nobody even considers that he saved however many people from getting crushed by this. Well, no, but the boss actually thanks him for it. He's, but it's in that, in that very almost West Virginia type of way. Um, I can't remember the name, guy's name, so I'll just say Rick. He's like, uh, you saved Rick's life, and he, he thanks you. And and for what it's worth, he thinks it's bullshit that we have to do this. Um, 
And then and I said, I'm sure his family would thank you too. But then I've got 200 other men who are terrified that you can pick up a crane and a, and a tractor and throw it across the room like a toy. And what else can you do? You know? And he's like, and I, I can't, you know, and also the, the company we work for is hard line on mutants. They don't want wor- mutants working with their companies. So you they're the Japanese company or something. Like that. No, actually it was going to be, um, Trask Industries. Bolivar Trask is the guy who uh, made the Sentinels. Mm. I have things like that peppered through the whole script. There's two guys who get in an argument over Captain America, whether or not he's a mutie. There is uh, the the radio has just gone through a song, and then it's uh, it's a it's a character from from uh, the X Men comics, Lila Cheney, who was a mutant, uh, but nobody knew, and she's this huge rock star. Oh yeah, and she her her ability was to be able to te- teleport no matter the distance, you know, across the galaxy she can do it. And the name of her song was "That's Lila Cheney with uh, with uh, I've Got a Secret" on her teleportation album. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the locker room there was going to be a Dazzler poster, like Allison Allison Blair was Dazzler. She's one of the X Men, but she was like this seventies. Uh, she see they they were going to have a Dazzler. I think they did make a Dazzler movie. Or they were going to, and it didn't quite make it, but then they made a comic, and she was like a disco girl, and she could make lights appear around her and do disco stuff, and they actually turned her into an awesome X-Men, like she could use sound to create lasers. There was a a Marvel graphic novel called Dazzler the Movie. Right. But they were going to make it. Apparently, the idea was they were actually going wanting to make a movie out of it, but they just couldn't get it off the ground. I love it. Oh, it's tremendous, I man. love it. Um, Especially with the script writing there That is great Dazzler is like You know And I was going to have a picture of her In all of her It was to be a tattered poster of course Because from the 70s Not the 80s But she's awfully hot She's a piece Cameron Crowe says he wants to make A Dazzler solo movie You know what Cameron Crowe would fucking kill Well I don't know Which Cameron Crowe are we talking about Yeah um, But um, You know that, that was a poster hanging In one of the locker rooms The little nods to different things Um I had a bunch of them, man. I'm glad I still left them in there because I would have forgotten some of this stuff. So you got this written down. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. All of it. I've got the entire, the story from beginning to end. I've even got the camera motions in it. Like, you know, uh, it says open, uh, interior, exterior, um, camera movements, like camera pans in, you know, things like that. So you've got, uh, uh, stage direction Absolutely uh, And it's good Like I, I know it's good It's one of the best things I've ever written It, t- it was 30 pages so It'd be about 30 minutes So That's the general rule of thumb Gotta Have uh, somebody you trust Read it and edit it Absolutely James it down to 15 minutes James Whittington Get it down to 8 minutes I trust him 6 eight. minutes <laughs> you know seven, people, 7 minutes You have to make it In 3 different videos So people can watch All of it in one second. Well it would be one of those things that if I could like find some people who are really on fire about it to actually make something like that, and you, you could get somebody skilled enough to shoot things on on phones and stuff like that, and get it to go viral, that would be a thing that would break. Well, people you know? do make almost entire fan fiction movies. Like if you look on YouTube, you can see an hour and a half long Batman movie that made by some dudes. The guys who made that this, are pretty good. The guys who made the shot for shot remake of the of uh, Rage of the Lost Ark. You ever see that one? Yeah, on a, on a on a nothing budget. They just love the movie, so they thought they were, hey, we're going to shoot. Be this. fun to do this. Fuck yeah! But um, there's some of them that they 
they look like Batman movies. Well, the technology is so there. Like the fucking, um, some guy on the internet shot a Darth Maul movie, like a Darth Maul short film. It looked as good as anything in fucking Star Wars. It was tremendous. And I bet he got a job off of that. Probably. I mean, that would be, if I could get something that would break, and people were like, man, this is really good, and people would contact you and stuff like It can open up doors. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, so, and it's a good enough script that if it caught on, if a comic book person, that I, all my comic book friends would fucking eat it up. My friend, uh, Tim Jackson, who lives and breathes comic books, man, I've told him about it. He's like, that's fucking awesome awesome you need to get that done so i'll bring it i know exactly where i've got it you can flip through my writing's kind of rough at points because i get really excited and i actually scribble shit out and um but we'll we'll definitely see you should read my lyric books (laughs) you have to speak me to be able to figure out what i'm I'm saying yeah because when i'm when i'm writing i literally am just like okay that i know what that means nobody else see i'm not i can't I'm not quite that good. It has to at least look like something that I would remember. And even though sometimes I lose things. Sometimes I'll just write the first letter. Say I'm saying butthole. I'll just write that, a B, and really, and then do that. Yeah. And, and I most, and you'll remember most of the time. I remember. Shit, I would never remember. Well, it, uh, the context of the other words. No, okay. Like uh, oh, I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like shorthand. Yeah. Um, I'm my own secretary. Nice. Um, what else? You seen any good movies or I have not seen anything new recently. That's what tonight was meant to be for. I've been putting off John Wick for a while. It's only four four ninety nine. Fuck it. You know what else I want to see? What? I, I definitely want to see John Wick, but I want to see this fucking thirty for thirty about uh about uh American Gladiators. I've heard yeah. It's on Netflix now. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna watch oh, that. Oh no, that's not I've been watching Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, I haven't been been seeing that. Uh, you can watch them for free on YouTube if you know where to look. Okay. I watched the one about uh, Doink the Clown. Oh, man. Uh, that's good. Um, I watched the one about... Um, fuck. Oh, about Sonny. Sonny and Chris, whatever that... Guy. Candido. Yeah. And how much of a lump of shit she was. She was. Um, I mean, just destroyed him. Went on fucked other guys and then came back to him. When I mean, just the, the classic... Version of a shit woman, you know what I mean? And no, I'm sorry, a shit, a shit human being. She, she also didn't look like she would be like that. She was so girl next door hot, you know what I mean? Yeah, like real tits, real ass, and all that stuff. Yeah, but then when she's exposed to all that, and he, uh, Chris Candido was a unit man. He's a fucking huge guy and all that stuff. But and 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 just a great guy, and everybody loved him. And she treated him like she, a doormat. She's so yeah. I mean. I hate the guys too. Well, he lined up for it. Like, no, nah, man, that's uh, abuse happens to men too. Stop fucking saying it's okay because he's a quote unquote simp. I fucking hate that shit. Um, Calls him to freaking go deep into drug addiction and then essentially yeah, and kill all the and all the pain he was going through. Oh, yeah. emotional and physical from all the stuff he went. When through. When you pile it up like that, it's not a good combo. It made Jim Cornette sit there and almost cry like a baby. I've seen. He Jim, gave them both their big their break. He loved them. He loved him. He hated Sonny by the end of it. He loved Tammy. It, because it was Tammy in Smoky Mountain. Right. These people came from Smoky Mountain. That's right, what's right, crazy. Right. But like he he loved her in the beginning. Yeah. And then, and then she, then just, she turned, just he said, Didn't she just turned into a big piece of shit? You know. Um He's talked about her ad nauseum on his podcast. Ah, dude, he, he has a great podcast. He's wild. I love him. He's the so best. Crazy. <laughs> um uh, so now that's uh, I think that's pretty much it this week 
I got a couple. Um, like I said, I watched Apt Pupil. Yeah. Last night, after um, doing music stuff with JMO, I finished, because I started it the night before, I finished Clueless. They don't make that anymore. They don't make these types of... Th- that movie is so funny. The Alicia Silverstone one? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, great. Yeah. And Brittany Murphy. Looking way different. Way different. And way hotter. She didn't have any... I don't think she had any surgery. She or was so She just lost a little bit of weight. Dude, she was so thick in that yeah, movie. She was like fucking... Oh, God. It's like... Oh. But like, there's a scene in it. You know how they're trying to get the two teachers to hook up or whatever? Yeah. She comes up with the thermos of coffee. She goes, Mr. Whatever his name is. I forget his name. I'm such a retard. I grabbed my dad's coffee and, <laughs> and I meant to grab my tea. Do you need some coffee? Maybe you and Miss What's-Her-Face could share it. Just a throwaway line like that right. would not ever, oh, it would ever firestorm. happen. Firestorm. Right so funny. Waiting. Go back and watch Waiting. Oh, my God. But like this is, what, 1995 this movie came out? She just walks up and says, I'm such a retard. retard. It is insane. I know. Within the first two minutes of that movie, there are like five iconic lines. As if um, I totally paused. Uh, so many. Yeah, there's more. There's more. I just can't fucking remember them. And everybody's good in it. The whole thing is funny. It's a good movie. It's man. it's a very good solid little, teen comedy. Oh yeah, and it followed the '80s because it, it, they were still making movies like they did in the '80s. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly sexual, so you could still watch it like, right. with your parents or whatever. Start making those again. Mean Somebody girls. start writing. Mean, mean girls. girls. Yeah. Fucking great. That might have been the last one that was any good. Uh, there was one recently that was good. Book smart. They'll they'll throw one every now out every now and then that is good. But pe- that's what people want to see. Everything doesn't have to be an amusement park ride. Right. Well, not only that, but not, not everything has to be like so much at stake. You know what I mean? There was absolutely nothing. Be silly. Be silly. You can still tell a nice uh, good character progression and growth. That, that's the reason the movie's so good, you know, because yeah, she, she grows changes. as a person. She's this goofy, airheaded nothing who turns into this great person, you know. Yeah, she's doing charity shit because Paul Rudd is because he listens to Complaint Rock. And right. I mean, it's just it's it's a good movie. I tell you, another great uh, team rom com is Can't Buy Me Love. Great. I mean, the original not love, not Love Can't Buy thing. I don't think it was a very good remake. Um, Who's in that one? God damn uh, it. Nick Cannon. No, I, I mean the old one. Oh, uh, Dempsey. Oh, Patrick yeah. Dempsey. McKean, Mc, and Mc, the girl who McDreamy? was in it. Mc, McDreamy. Yeah. Um, way before he was McDreamy, man. Oh, he, was, yeah. he was a geeky fucking... Yeah, he, and that annoying voice. You knew there was something there, though. You knew that kid was going to be handsome. Sure. I mean, he was He was a handsome young man. And he was actually a good actor. Um, the girl, though, who was in... Also, Gerard, uh, Gerardo was in it, too. Uh, Ricky Suave. He oh, was in no. it. Uh, yeah. Um, who else was in it? Uh the girl, the, the love interest, turned into a massive drug addict and died, like, I don't know if it's recently or a long time ago, but she Look died. Up. Um, that's another, yeah, like, uh, Last American Virgin. Um, Dude, that's a great fucking movie. Uh, fucking Diane Franklin, game. my friend on, uh, on uh, Instagram. 1987 movie. Patrick Dempsey and Shooter McGavin. Amanda Peterson. Yeah. Amanda Peterson. She's most known for that. Yeah. Okay, Mommy Love. She died in 2015. So it was not, not you know, a long time ago, but not recent. She was only 43. Yeah, she went through a massive drug. And I think she was getting clean and doing better. 
but she's like one of those who she she became a regular person. Like she was working a like a nine to five job or some shit. You know what I mean? Like wouldn't that be the worst? Yeah, to have made it and then fucking drop off the map and have to start all. You she know. might not have liked it, but no, some people. No, that's like what it. it was. Joffrey didn't like it. The kid that played Joffrey, he did not like acting after Game of Thrones. Oh, I thought you meant may not have liked it being nobody. I think she didn't like not being somebody anymore. So that's why. Oh she, yeah, that might have been. That's it. why she dropped into it. But oh, the, that Joffrey kid. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, he he was cool. Jack Leeson. Completely cool with not being famous. He was a great anymore. person. And he just decided, I'm going to teach acting because if you see me perform, I'm very good at it. Yeah. But I don't necessarily want to be in something every year. Or right. maybe I'll step back in later and do something. But right now, let's. I'd like to see him step up and, and play a really likable character. Yeah. And, like, and then turn everything on its head. Because I've seen interviews with him. He's a likable guy. Oh, he's, he's such a. But that like, mug, man. I know, dude. It's just got that mm. sneer. Uh, th- this is actually a. Was was on a T shirt that on T Public had, and um, that I that I let go and it slipped through my fingers because copyright got them. That's one of my favorite pieces of oh, art. Yeah. Art Adams is a guy who who that's the fucking eighties X Men, the fucking best. But anyway, that was a favorite thing that I let slip through. Other favorite things, um, uh, old movies like that. Um, I watched the last season of Barry. It's, so it's done? Yeah. It's excellent. I need to get into that. It is an excellent show. What's his face? Uh, Bill Hader is is a motherfucker. Bill Hader is, he's one of the people that made, I don't, but I don't care what anybody says, Trainwreck. Do you see Trainwreck? It's a pretty good movie. It's a good movie. It was an excellent movie. Amy Schumer, people shit on her so bad. She is a very good actress. She really is. And she's very talented. She just, the stand-up comedy thing, she was just good enough, but she's like thick girl hot to have broken over. You know what I mean? And she wasn't quite good enough to stay with that. She should have just leaned in the acting thing more and started going down that path. Well, they made uh, another season of Inside Amy Schumer on Paramount Plus or whatever, and apparently it didn't go over very well. Why? I don't know. It just wasn't very good. Or no, It's hard to get people to watch things now. It is. I mean, they have, what is it, uh, Paralysis by Analysis. Yeah. And I liked that show when it was on, but there was lots a lot of, of good skits. Lots Spence of skits, man. Lots of accusations of stealing skits, but like there's parallel thinking and shit. I don't know. And she was ac- accused of stealing jokes on stage. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I don't know. Don't care. Actually. Um, Unless it's Carlos Messina. I don't. I, I don't. I, I, I care about stealing material. No, I'm not. Um, I, I'm saying I don't. Did she steal them? I don't know. I care about blatantly stealing, but like if you if there's parallel thinking, right? But like I steal all the time in my music. I'm just not. It's different because there's only twelve notes, and you can make as there's different ways to make things funny. Well, if you know if I mean? if you're using that uh, analysis, then George R. R. Martin directly ripped off Tad Tad yeah. Williams. As a matter of fact, that's been an accusation leveled at him. Like, and Tad Williams, they asked Tad Williams about. It, he's like. That's fantasy. What are you going to do? He's like, he's like, I love his work. Yeah. It, it's not ripping off. It's he liked things about it's my homage. Work. And it is homage because he's got fucking uh, character names from uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Bone Chair and stuff in these books. So um, with music, it's almost everything you're doing is paying homage because everything's been done. 
And you can't, like, you're not going to do it any better than Bob Dylan, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, ACDC, whoever. Right. You can only do the best you can do. And try you through ACDC in there. ACDC does what they do better than anybody's ever done that. That's true. <laughs> you know They're what I mean? awesome. It's a very specific thing, and nobody does it better. Right. There's people that have come along. Remember Jet? Of course you don't, because ACDC is the better version of there it. There was actually even another Australian rock group called Accept that made just ACDC songs, and they had a song called Balls to the Wall. It's not a bad gig if you can get it. No, no. And I don't hate on you for doing it. No, no. But at the same time, it's just like, they even put balls in it, and balls was ACDC's thing. So it's like. Um, But with comedians, uh, the ones that steal will sit in the back of the room at the comedy club while the the young guys are on stage and and be like, oh, that's a good premise. I'm taking that premise and making it my own. And uh, a lot of the late night writers do it. A lot of sitcom writers. Uh, we'll go to the comedy club and be like, oh, this is a good situation for, to put fucking Everybody Loves Raymond in or whoever it might be. It right. have to, it's probably not Raymond. Right. But uh, I don't like that because you're taking something that somebody had, then you're going to put it on TV. Maybe this kid's only a three-year comic and it takes him another 15 years to break through, but he still has that one story that you just stole that he could have put on a special to be the last one and now everybody's going to think he stole it from fucking... Uh, Fucking Big Bang Theory. Well, but the thing about it is, you know, so something crazy that happened though too, and I don't know if this is possible for this to still happen. We've all heard that fucking just by rote joke where people talk about the porno music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a, a comedian actually did that bit. Yeah. And it originated with him. Yeah. And it got taken and ran with by everybody mm-hmm. and became part of the lexicon, became part of everything. Nobody even knows who the fuck that guy is. I can't even think of it. It's Jordan, Jordan uh, something or other. I remember That's a weird last I name. remember the stand-up bit. I remember it because it was a good bit. He was a good comedian. Um, he, it was on, uh, oddly enough, uh, when everybody was in the stand-up biz, MTV's stand-up half hours. Mm-hmm. It was one, he was on one of those. And nobody remembers this fucking kid, including, including the person who's saying the fucking uh, uh, anecdote right now. Yeah. So it happens all the time. You'll see uh, people with tweets about a specific uh, thing trying to make a joke about it. And right. it's lit- they literally just take something that George Carlin or Lewis Black or somebody mm-hmm. wrote 30 years ago and take that situation out. Let's say the fucking um, Pan American War or some shit, if that's even a thing. And they'll make it about Ukraine right. and make a joke. And that's all they did. And then they go viral. And like there's 11 people on Twitter like, hey, you stole that from George Carlin. And Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Right. Because I remember making any money from Twitter. The one I was impressed with you was with the Jesus look at the time thing. (laughs) That was fucking legit, man. There's no way I'm not the first person or I was the first person to think of that. I know, but it was so Jesus Christ. Would you look at the time? Right. (laughs) It was really fucking good. (laughs) Uh, um, Other favorite things. Uh, Oh, recording music. It's, it's going pretty well. Nice. Um, laid down some shit yesterday. Lots of th- we uh, upped the BPM. Put it on wax. We upped the BPM of a song that we had almost finished, so we had to re-record everything. <laughs> what are you gonna do? It was sounded like it was dragging. Now it's not dragging anymore. There you go. So we recorded re-recorded everything. Um, uh, there's this app called Luminate. L U M E N A T E. I told Aaron about it. I just tried it the other night. I might have texted you about it, but I can't remember. What it what it does is you hold your phone like this and you close you get in a dark room, you put on earbuds. It plays atmospheric music 
and it flashes your flashes in your eyes. You hold it like right, right here, and it sort of simulates like a psychedelic experience. E, I don't know if I'd like that. I felt, once I was done, I was tingling all over. I felt relaxed. There was There's one that like ups your creativity, it says. I'm very skeptical if it actually does anything, but I really like the way it looks in my eyes. Right. You close your eyes, and it has different patterns and like i felt like i was going through a, a time portal i was i felt like i was going through a rainbow see what that does is and i'm telling you why it works it is it's an old thing it's a suggestion it, yeah. it's it's suggesting things to your mind that are already there and it's opening up those pathways that's actually legit man it's really it's it's cool i, I actually think, might try i think i'll i have it i'll bring earbuds down and whenever we after we watch the movie, we'll turn the lights out and I'll let you watch it. Okay. I'll let you do but it. I just, my, my, you can my, do like a five minute one. My panic thing is so fucking out of control sometimes. I don't, I never know what's going to trigger it. But I, um, I did one that, for, that was for creativity. It was about 15 minutes. Yeah. And the next day, I pick up the guitar and I write like a song. Like not completed yet because mm-hmm. there's more parts to go to it. But like I hadn't written a song and quite a while i hadn't even felt the urge to pick up the guitar and write a song in quite a while so it might be placebo making that happen um probably basically wrote a bruce springsteen song awesome yeah totally ripping them off i think it's probably uh, a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah if if nothing else it makes it it does cool things right you know you shouldn't do it if you're epileptic shouldn't do it if you have a tendency for migraines but i thought it was really cool and uh i'm actually thinking of like I'm doing the free trial right now. I'm mm-hmm. thinking of buying the app. It's only like 30 bucks a year. Nice. I'm thinking of doing it. What else? Um, oh, the new season of uh, of uh, Black Mirror. Oh, it's finally out. Yes. I heard it's so bad that it's... Mm. So, no. I mean, somebody said it was bad. The first episode, I wasn't into it, and then there was a, something that happened at the end. I was like, oh, fuck, that was awesome. That oh, okay. was brilliant what they just okay, did. Okay, I got you. But what has happened is all the things that they used to make the Black Mirror episodes about are happening in the real world. Right. So they have to up things a little bit in the new ones it's crazy. to make them crazier. And uh, it's like, so like supernatural stuff or something like that. I need to watch Sam Junipero. We'll watch that after we're done. You're, you'll love it. Okay. You haven't watched that yet? Oh, no. God. Dude, you know how I get. I know how you get, but we'll, we'll watch it when you're done. It's a, it's a function of my anxiety. We'll watch it's it after. Thing. Yeah, okay. After uh, John Wick. Well, I don't have to work tomorrow. So or we before got, John we Wick. Yeah. Nah, we're going to John, John, John Wick. Wick. We're going John Wick Cole. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 You'll love it. There's multiple uplifting episodes. Most of them are not, but there are multiple uplifting well, episodes. Well, fucking like, a pig is not very uplifting. It's a fucking great episode. Dude, though. it was crazy. God, I loved it. I loved it when the British had control of that show. I will say this. I think the British are more creative. Well, they don't tend to go over the top as much as we do. Well, they have reserve. They, they It's almost like, okay, it's like we're Clark Griswold with all this fucking stupid-ass Christmas lights mm-hmm. and sucking all the power, and then down the road you have the house that's perfectly lit up and appointed and looks great and looks like something that's just – everything's where, right where it should be. That's the British when it comes to most of their things. A little bit of class. A little bit of using the space, a little bit of using what you've got, you know, um, like watching the 1980 fucking Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know. Have you watched it? Not yet. I'll let you watch a little bit of it, too. You're talking about fucking 
BBC 1980 fucking special effects. Dog shit. Doesn't matter. Still fucking great. Trying to think of other things that maybe, oh, uh, disc golfing. Um, since we talked, I played in two tournaments. One of them I did very badly in. The one at the courses that I at the course that I play all the time up at Lake Stevens. Yeah, did very poorly in it. Yeah. Still had fun. Um, but then the very next weekend I played in the KVR, and I did pretty well. I finished I think thirtieth out of fifty something. Um, had a couple, a couple of uh, bad shots there. Yeah, that could have. You know the scores were so close. Like if I would have gotten two pars instead of the bog- a couple bogeys, I'm like in the top 15, hmm. you know, and that, that would have felt good, but it didn't work. Um, JMO and Adam did not play so well. Adam, apparently I wasn't playing with him in the last round played so bad in the last round that he rage quit after nine holes. And I love that. Adam did. Yeah. I don't, I never thought he got that angry. He was, he was having a day. Yeah. He was having a day. <laughs> he had a bad two days there. Cause yeah. I played with him in the first round and, I happened to shoot my best round ever at that particular course, and he might have shot his worst round of his life. Shit. But it's just, dude, it's the the course that we play on up there at Redeemer. It is the luck of the draw because the the baskets are on hills like this. So if you land wrong, that disc is going to stand up and roll all the way to Canal City. And and they don't have out of bounds there, so you have to throw all the way back. You're standing at the fucking where the Chi-Chi's used to be in Canal City and having to throw all the way back to to fucking Southridge. Chi-Chi's oh, might okay. not have been in Canal City. I don't know. It was. Uh, but you know what I mean? It's where the uh, the cookout is now. Yeah, he got some bad rolls, but I really wish I would have been playing with him on the same group to see him rage quit in the middle. <laughs> what if he quit? I mean, he just, people, what a, do they... He's like, well, he's not playing anymore. <laughs> so he just, I mean, are they shamed? Are they, you know? No, no, not really. Unless you're, there are people that are playing bad and they will, they don't want it to hurt their rating. So they'll quit in the middle of a round. That's not like a lot of people, mm-hmm. but there are people that are do, that'll do that. And there are some people that'll play bad on purpose. So the rating doesn't go up so they can still beat up on the lower divisions. Gotcha. And there's quite a few people like that, I think. Um, I really wish I could have seen it. I've heard, I heard it was great. I heard it was great. Um, what else? I think that's about it. We did play a new course today. I tried to play it the other day, but I didn't have a course map and I only played like seven or eight holes and I couldn't find where I was going and then I had to shit. So I just decided to go home on Friday. And then today me and Jamo went back to this place in Fayetteville needles. Eye. it's tough. It is. Uh, How many courses are in Fayetteville now? There's Needle, Needles Eye. It's not really Fayetteville. It's kind of Oak Hill, Fayetteville. It's, it's like around that. I'm area. sorry. That whole that whole area it's is just one place. Yeah. Okay. There's. Okay, we're going to include Beckwith. There's uh, Fayette County Park. There's Collins Middle School. There's Needles Eye. There's Ace. There's AOTG Adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a guy who has a private course I've never played. Um, do you want to include Beckley? No. Okay, there's six just there. That's a lot. Yeah, it's awesome. Some of them are going to, I think the one at Ace might be going bye-bye. So it is good that there's a new one right Why? now. I don't think they want it there. I don't uh, think the Ace people it. want it there. Too many locals go. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough 
assholes getting drunk and wandering around doing dumb shit. Um, on that, in that vein, I, I, I thought of something else I would do with the uh, Hawk's Nest if I got it. I would build a uh, a Hobbit Shire community. Hmm. That's an interesting thing. Think about that. All the little Hobbit houses, uh, like you just uh, drill into the side of a absolutely. Mountain, right? uh, uh, well, what you do is you dig it out, put like a plastic or even wooden frame in, cover it back up, sod it over so you can grow stuff on top of it, mm-hmm. and then yeah, dig. Dig in the side, but to, yeah, what the best though is to dig in the side of, of the earth and like have them like strut it and put wooden floors and all that stuff in it. I mean, it would be beautiful. I mean, because there's enough land there to make it look like Hobbiton. So that gives me an idea for a disc golf hole. Yeah. Have like a hill and then you drill through the hill and then put uh, a disc golf basket at the end. And make it a Mando where you have to go through that tunnel to get to. Oh, the- fucking, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. There's so, man, I wish we're we're a couple of those people, and I don't care what anybody says, that if we got money, there would be so many awesome things around. I would um I would probably lose it all doing cool things. Which is what I want. Instead of like ten years ago, I would lose it all getting hammered. Sure. So I like doing cool things now. I would I I'd buy uh all the uh those the buildings around auctions, mm-hmm. I'd buy them all, gut, gut them, and then fucking put Airbnbs in them. That's the way to go around here now. If you got a bunch of properties and make Airbnbs, you can make a fucking fortune. I'm talking about if you wanted to make money, but if you had fuck you money, I mean, I'll just do whatever yeah, I wanted to shit. do, you know. Build a fucking bar on stilts out in fucking on, on the middle of the river on John's Island. <laughs> What else? Anything else you want to talk about? I think, uh, no, I think it's man. movie time. Yeah, we've covered it. It's All been right. a, quite an app. Well, we're going to go out with um, my brand new single off the forthcoming album, uh, Greetings from the End of the World. It's not even brand new anymore. It's like three weeks old now. I won't even pull up. What are you doing? Why is this? All right. There we go. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back hopefully next week. Anyway, go fuck yourselves. Mm-hmm.